Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, a very good evening from one Indianapolis, Indiana. What is this? What sports? What is it? One twenty-one, Chris. One twenty-one for December eighth of uh, two thousand twenty, and we were just talking before the show about the fortieth anniversary of the shooting of John Lennon uh, late that evening, that Monday evening, uh, September December eighth, and during the Monday night football game, and Howard Cosell came on and gave everybody the word. I was listening. It was Patriots at Miami. I was listening to the game on the old WEI with John uh, Carlson and uh, John Marr, and uh, they had the bulletin too. They they just put it in. They got it from the station or from CBS or somehow. But, uh, you know, uh, right after that, all the Patriots fans remember that John Smith missed the field goal. The game went into overtime. The Dolphins won it, and the Patriots ended up missing the playoffs. There were five. There were only four teams qualified in those days, three division winners and a wild card team, if I recall, but that far back. And uh, the, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe five teams qualified. Anyway, they were all 11 and five, a whole bunch of them. Patriots, Buffalo, Raiders, I don't know, a whole bunch. And uh, the Patriots were the team that did not qualify, and that was a big part of it right there. So anyway, I, I sure remember that. And uh, so it, it has a little sports uh, flavor. But anyway, here we are on uh, December 8th. And, and just before we really get into the sports, just I think we should, just for history, put it on our little podcast that the first person today was vaccinated uh, for the COVID virus and uh, over in England, and that's great. And they should be here in the, this country in the next uh, few days. The vaccine should be coming, and maybe the corner will turn. It's going to be tough the next couple of months, but hopefully. Uh, and really, that may be all we pretty much have to say about the virus, at least with names and numbers, because I haven't heard a whole lot about it this week in sports. And unfortunately, yeah. the, the country's been messed up. But the, we haven't had six of this team and seven of that team, but we do have a college football story involved with it. Uh, I, guess, I, guess the, yeah. I guess the NFL announced today, though, according to ESPN, that they noticed this week a 50% drop in positive tests. So that is well, that is good news. Yeah. What they did, of course, was they had it so that they weren't in the, the building for a couple extra days. And that helps. The less time you're together, the easier, the, the, the more difficult yeah. it is to spread. So there's that. Rick Swan is here, too, to help us out with the NFL when we get there. But anyway, so what are we doing tonight? Well, we're going to do the NFL first, the first the death list. So I'll give you quickly. And we had some prominent ones come in. Uh, you know, it's sort of a mishmash, but we got, got some uh, important ones. Uh, we have the death list. Then we'll turn it over to Sean. He'll tell you the poll question. Then we'll do the NFL. We'll do college uh, football and basketball. We will do uh, the NBA, I think we're going to do next. Then we'll do baseball. Then we'll do a little bit of an NHL update. It's a little still pretty vague with the NHL, but we will talk about that. But the death list, I will give you that right now, and then we'll turn it over to Sean. And we have Jim McFarland, 73 years old, tight end, an NFL tight end. 
Jack the Shot Foley, 81 years old, a great Holy Cross basketball player, and he was a bench warmer for the Celtics. He was on the 62-63 team, but a great basketball player at Holy Cross. Uh, Arnie uh, Robinson, Olympic long jumper at 72 years old. Uh, Rayford Johnson, we're going to have, have some audio of him, 86 years old, and he... Not uh, actually was, of him, not actually of him, but well, his name he'll be in the him. audio. A little yes. play-by-play. Uh, he was there when Bobby Kennedy was shot as one of the security people, and we'll have the... Him and Rosie Greer. Him and Rosie Greer will have Andrew West, a description of that that many of you are familiar with, I'm sure, from Mutual Radio. He was 86 years old, great Olympian. Uh, let's see, Marv Marinovich, 81. Todd's father, the ultimate sports father. We can talk about that. Neil Armstrong, 86. I had forgotten. I remember since it was, they, that's one of those things they never connected. I didn't even think of it until David USF said it the other day that it's the same name as the moon guy. You know, I, I just remembered him as the line man, the moon if guy. I wonder if he was the other Neil Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, when, when the astronaut first was named, I'm sure then he was the other Neil Armstrong, because this uh, linesman had been in the NHL from 57 through 78. Dennis Ralston, a great tennis player, 78 years old. Uh, Dick uh, Dick Allen, or Richie Allen, 78 years old, uh, formerly with the, came up with the Phillies and uh, played for the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the White Sox, and the A's. Uh, Fred Akers, 82. Sean has some stories. A Texas coach, a football coach. Uh, Roger Moret, or Rogelio Moret, as we knew him here, 71 years old, played for the Red Sox and the Braves. And Peter Alice, 89 years old, the commentator for the British Open uh, many times and other golf events on ABC and worked for the BBC and was a very good golfer in his day. So that's what we got coming up. So uh, we may may have the rankings because it's going to be one of those. They're doing it between the Kansas Creighton game and the uh, North North Carolina. Yeah, they're doing it between. It's one of those between the game things that they do every year. Normally, it's they do a ranking between the games at the at the Jimmy V Classic, but you know they okay. are the. But, uh, okay, so Sean, why don't you tell us uh, where we are, what we're doing here? All right, first of all, you can join our little party by downloading the Zoom app. We have or favorites, dialing, too, by the way. We, we got little hats. Yes. Yeah. You can uh, 646-876-9923. That's the phone number you can dial if you don't have the Zoom app. And then you do the code 287-723-4600. Hit pound key twice. Uh, star 9, raise your hand on the phone. Alt-Y on the computer, all that stuff. Uh, and... Uh, course you can check out anytime the, all the changes all the schedules all the news go to 712-432-3642 board nine is the sports lounge board board 13 is the schedules board leave us messages at any time throughout the week if you're listening on the podcast sports lounge at all things radio.net 773-572-7715. Hit the pound key when you hear the greeting, but the greeting is my wrestling commentary talking about the War Games concept that Dusty Rhodes did in pro wrestling started in 87. I talk about that, and uh, but you can hit pound key to skip over that, or 800-693-0595, option two. So Now, on to the poll question. We're doing a broadcasting theme again for the next few weeks, but for a week or two at least. All right. Last week we talked about favorite announcers. You just had to stop. Now, most of the people that listen are blind on this show, obviously. And we're going to talk about your favorite, what TV announcers, what guys you like to listen to, past or present, on television that you can follow on television. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, But anyway, I guess we ought to get into this crazy week of the NFL that we still have one more night of in a couple hours. We do, and... and, uh... 
the we can t- give you a teaser, which we'll get to in a little bit. There are now zero undefeated teams. Yes, there are. Yes, but okay. uh, that, that's so, down the road a little bit. They're Some drinking the, in Miami. Let's just say that those, they, those they are, are still alive. Yeah, but they Larry Zelta already back. tweeted out. Larry Zelta already tweeted out and celebrated. Yeah, now how do they arrange that? Is it that? I'm sure there's been a story on that. How do they actually arrange that champagne thing? I mean, they probably did it virtually back before virtual was a thing. You know, but yeah. they just make sure they somebody takes a turn and buys it all, or they just sort of all go out and get their own, or what do they do? Uh, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. They did yeah, it. Yeah. They had like a they had a phone call tree, I guess, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, and, just and like it gets to be less and less people. So. <laughs> That's right. They lost Jake yeah. Scott last week. Yeah. Yeah. This is the party. But anyway, uh, so we did have that Wednesday afternoon game. We'll just throw it in right now because we've got, you know, we did have the Steelers uh, win their uh, 11th game of going 11 0 last week and kind of a, a ho hum game, 19 to 14. Just didn't seem like any any atmosphere, any whatever. The Colts were, I mean, the Ravens were so beaten up with the virus and the Steelers just kind of toyed with them. But uh, they, they got their comeuppance last night. Uh, Josh, getting back to the news of the uh, the week, though, Josh Gordon is going to be back in the receiving again with Seattle this time for weeks 16 and 17. Robert, you were saying you were kind of talking about uh, some people get unlimited uh, chances. Yes, and he's one of those. I'm, you know, look, I'm all for people getting second chances when they've made a mistake, but some of these people like... Josh Gordon and Andy Gregory and Alton Smith and uh, I'm sure there's a few others. You mean a Ra- Randy Gregory? Randy, Randy, yeah, I said yeah. I thought I said Randy. <laughs> no, you said Andy. Oh, Randy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I, I'm really amazed at how many chances you get in the National Football League. Now in baseball, when you have the PED thing, it's three. Uh, you get 80 the first time, the whole season the second time, and you're banned the third time. They'll never the get N- as many as Steve Howe got. Yeah. Well, the NFL needs to come up with something like that. I don't know what the rest of you feel, but some of these people get way too many chances. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway, then we have uh, – we got the uh, now Rick I think intimated that there was going to be some uh, football on the day after Christmas and we've got that and of course we'll run it down when we get closer to that but I just yeah. want to tell you what the uh, story is on those games we got those David USF was able to find them uh, Tampa Bay at Detroit at 1 p.m. on NFL Network this is the Saturday December 26th then we have San Francisco at Arizona 4:30 and, and that's going to be on an Amazon television so I don't know how that's going to work or how you get that but I guess people will uh, well, on Amazon, if you have Amazon Prime you watch it you watch it on yeah. Amazon Prime right on on yeah. your phone or something. On your phone. Or- yeah. Phone, smart TV, computer, yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and then Miami, and that should be, though, that game should be on Westwood One. When they do that, they would put it on Westwood One for those yeah. who don't have that, or if you have this A, obviously you can and uh, go. I w- and get, I wouldn't be surprised, Chris, if down the, where they figure out a way to get it on TV. Yeah, but, they might. They might, especially yeah. if uh, Arizona's fighting for a playoff spot. And then uh, Miami at Las Vegas on NFL Network at 8.15 that night. Right. So that's that's the day after Christmas. And, of course, there's a Christmas uh, afternoon game with, uh, what is it, New Orleans, uh, Minnesota at New Orleans? Is that Orleans, the game? Yeah. 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 You know, and I, I just realized that, you know, assuming they play that game on Christmas and then we get the games on Saturday, and you can't take anything for granted this year. But oh. assuming we get those, that means we will have had an NFL game this week on every day of the week. I wonder if that's a that's happened correct. before. And no, they said they said last night during the 49er game, Rick, that this would be the first time in NFL history that a game has been played every day of the week. Yeah. So then we had a couple of milestones. We had Aaron Rodgers get his 400 touchdown pass in 193 games, and he's the fastest uh, to get 400. I think he's seventh on the list of uh, all time for uh, for the 400 uh, touchdowns. And Michael Thomas. 
had has 500 catches in 59 games, and that's amazing too. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the, let's see the other thing. Uh, well, we have to talk about before we get. Actually, why don't we save that for the game? We'll talk about Greg Williams when we get to the oh, yeah. to the Jets. Game. Um, <laughs> but uh, the ironic thing on Aaron Rodgers. Remember the first three years of his career, he sat on the bench. Could you imagine right. what his stats were if he would have started yeah. from day one? <laughs> yep. Jeez. That's true. That's true. Okay, so I think, uh, is there any other uh, NFL news we need to do before we go to the scores? Well, they did, I think Robert mentioned before, they did find, find uh, eight Carolina Panthers uh, got tested positive for the COVID. Yeah, oh, they did? They, yeah. They've, yeah, got well, on, they've got eight on, on the list. Yeah, I know DJ Moore tested positive, and Samuel's is one of the close contact guys. I'm not yeah, sure. I, I think what it is is one tested positive and the other seven were close contact. Yeah, well, okay. the one that's positive, I think, is DJ Moore. You know? Yeah. Okay. All right, so I guess we can start on the scoreboard and, uh, yep. and we, talk about these games here. We will do that. Saints 21, Falcons 16. Uh, kind of a whole up game. The Saints probably could have <laughs> won it bigger, and, but uh, the Falcons, well, you give the Falcons credit. They are playing hard. They yeah. are, yeah. yeah. He'll throw a couple of passes and, instead of just running them in. That was through his first couple of touchdowns, yes. So. Yeah, so he'll throw a couple of passes. So that was yeah. that was a you know you want to oh and the Saints clinched their playoff spot because the Bears will get to them they lose later in the in our yeah. list here. Uh, the Saints are in the playoffs as are Kansas City. Yeah, I know that correct. Uh, we'll get to the Bears right now, Chris. Lions yep. thirty four, Bears thirty. <laughs> this is a ridiculous. Um, uh, the Bears. <laughs> I I guess I don't know what to say about the Bears. This team is just you. You would have thought they'd have been. I mean, I'm not saying they should be up there with the Packers and the Saints and those guys, but you'd have thought they no. would be somewhat better than they are. This is a team that. If their defense is well, their offense is bad. And then this week, the offense wasn't too bad, and the defense was horrible. No, exactly. And, and they had a thirty to twenty lead with uh, two minutes to go, and they lost the game. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, this reminds me of an Ryan Rick of the '69 Giants who won their first three games, lost their middle yeah. eight, and won their last three. three. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. The, that's the way yeah. the Bears. Are. I mean, they won. They were five and one, and now they've yeah. lost six in a row. And the Lions, uh, Matthew, Matthew uh, David, Adrian Peterson ran two in, and Matthew Stafford threw for four hundred yards. So. Yep. Uh, the Lions, but, but Matt you know, Nagy is still not worried about his job status. Oh, well, <laughs> he should be. He should be. Yeah, That's he, what he said. Oh, good. You know, good luck, Matt. <laughs> Browns 41, Titans 34. It was a good game, but I don't think it was quite 35. that close. 35. 35. 35. Yeah. It was yeah. a good game, but I don't think it was quite that close. The Browns no, were way ahead, because, and the Titans came at, charging back. Yeah. yeah at halftime, yeah. it was 38-7. So. Seven, yeah. And it was the most points the Browns had ever scored in a half. There was 38 points that they got, and uh, Mayfield threw uh, four uh, touchdowns. I think it was, and yeah. you know, and so you know, it's 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 amazing. That's a real big win because basically the Browns had been beating the teams they were supposed to beat, and they hadn't beaten a, a real quality team, and they sure did. And you almost wonder if, uh, like all the ups and downs of the Tennessee season, they, they they just came out with a dud. I mean, they they managed to fight back a little bit, but it just seemed like a dud for them. So the Browns yeah. really got an important win there. There. Yep. Dolphins 19, Bengals 7, and I suppose while we're on the, the Bengals, Dan Horde, we, Chris and I were talking about yes. this, has been out for the last couple of weeks. Uh, not He is not tested positive for the virus, but it was contact tracing, and uh, I don't know if you know anything about the, the guy filling in, Bill. His name is Mike Watts, but that's who has been filling in for Dan Horde for the past couple of weeks. Don't know. Okay. But it's I not pretty good, the little bits I heard him on uh, Sirius XM. So, you know, of course, that means Dan Horton isn't doing University of Cincinnati basketball either. No. 
So, uh, but anyway, and hopefully he's going to be fine. And you know, contact tracing. I mean, you just got to quarantine and you just uh, you know hope for the best. But correct, uh, he's a good announcer. And yeah, as far as the Dolphins are concerned, Tua actually showed a little bit more fire. He got uh, what did he get? I yeah, think he, almost three hundred yards. Almost three hundred yeah. yards and one uh, touchdown. Yeah. One touchdown. So yeah, I mean, you know, the the Dolphins did what they had to do. The Bengals went out in front and they held on for a while. But you know, they just uh, they, they had a long pass uh, that uh, Allen completed, you know, over seventy yards. But yeah. that was about it. And the Bengals. Just to, they're not heading for Trevor. They are not tanking. No. They're tanking for somebody else. I don't know who because they got their quarterback. Yeah, but that that, well, well, and then that just went a... on forever and oh, ever but... because there there were there yeah. were all kinds of personal fouls, interference, yeah. and making fair catches. Well, the and Bengals, fights, you know, and, 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 well, and also the uh, the Bengals quarterback. You know, Allen got hurt at the end of the game. Now, I don't. I haven't heard anything about it. But oh, he was, yeah, he was, a, there was a couple. They of carried things. him off and just, it didn't look good. You, know? Maybe you wonder another guy again. Yeah, I wonder too though, Rick. If that game would have been different had. Uh, Burrow been playing. I wonder if the Bengals would have been. Oh, I'm sure would have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have been competitive. Yep. Uh, Vikings 27, Jaguars 24 in overtime. Um, I think Vikings fans probably felt that game. Yeah. Sh- they should have won that by more than, than a three-point overtime you know, win. But a you- win is a win, and you will take the win however you get it. And even in overtime, even in overtime, they had a chance to kick the field goal. A couple other times, but Dan Mullen, they're like, oh, we got to get it. Or not Dan Mullen, but uh, uh, <laughs> Dan. Uh, Mike, Bailey. Mike Zimmer. Dan Bailey. Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Mike Zimmer and Dan Bailey. Yeah, Yeah. Dan Bailey. I'm going to call it Dan Mullen. I got him on my mind for other reasons, but that's another story. But Dan Bailey. Yeah, they wanted Dan Bailey to uh, get it in the right position. But, I mean, they had it when it was third and goal. They could have gone ahead and ended it because you take a chance of fumbling, and there was only three minutes in the overtime to go. But they said, oh, we're going to keep it. I think the problem was, Sean, that Dan Bailey had already missed, what was it, two extra points in a field goal. goal, Yeah, Yeah, I think that's the problem, why they didn't do it any sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Raiders, 31, Jets, 28, and Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, is out because he decided to blitz on a Hail Mary, and the Hail Mary was complete, Robert. Yeah, Yeah. well, um, I, as I said when I posted the message on the game, and I'll say it here, the New York Jets deserve to win that football game. I am not happy with the last two performances that uh, the Las Vegas Raiders have put forth. That may be, but right, like we said a minute ago, a win is a win however you get it. You know, as I listen to him, he's not as bad as he was last year. I think they've got a decent system. Maybe it's even helping him to be, you know, watching the same monitor every week in the same place or something. He's, he, he's getting decent, you know. Yeah, I, no, I he's, a, he's actually, yeah, I have to say this, Chris, he actually has improved, but, um, you know, but no, realistically, um, look, uh, I don't. The Raiders are currently, as of now, still out of the playoffs. But yep. if they were to qualify right now, they'd be very easily picked off because the last two weeks they they've just not played well at all. Now I don't know if it's because you know the team has felt well, this is lower competition. We don't have to do very much or or what. But the la- I mean, I've been real happy with the way they played most of the season. But the last two weeks, I don't know what it is. Well, and, you had to be happy with Darren. Waller the other day because he yeah. got the two touchdowns and 200 yards of receiving. And 13, and 13 catches, 13 yes. 13 catches, and of yeah. course, Henry Ruggs got the 48-yarder or whatever it was to win the game. 
46 yard at a winning yeah. game. So yeah. I just keep the, I keep seeing this vision of if the Jets end up getting Trevor Lawrence, and every time he has a great game, we're going to see the highlight of that touchdown pass by Carr that gave him to the yeah. Jets. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, here's your game, Bill. Colts 26, Texans 20. That's one of those games that falls under luck. Houston's driving down to the, what, the two-yard line, and yep. and uh, the quarterback, Houston quarterback, just fumbles. I mean, whatever the case may be, can you imagine yep. that they actually, Houston should have won that game. Um, yeah, it's a tale of two halves, yep. but hey, yep. a win is yep. a win is a win yep. is a win. You so, will take them. Yeah. You will take them in any manner that you get them, and no matter and no matter how ugly set, they are. Yeah. Yep. And Houston's just sitting back, waiting. They got the coaching committee put together by Cal McNair, apparently Andre Johnson, and Jimmy Johnson, uh, Tony Dungy are part of this committee to yep. help kind of help them find the coach. Oh, I thought that they were going to keep a. a that's what I thought I heard. Here. No, they're looking. They're well. They're gonna. They're they're keeping options open. Cal McNair actually did step up. The, he's a son who inherited from Bob, but he didn't have the hands on like a Mark Davis or Stephen Jones did. But he said, "Hey, I'm going to get this committee," and he has Jimmy Johnson, Tony Dungy. Uh, Andre Johnson, former receiver with the yep. Texans, looking at it uh, okay. as far as getting the GM and the coach. So. Oh, All right. Well, see. they've got talent there. So, you know, you don't want to yeah. – and the other thing, and we'll talk about the Chargers in a minute, the other place to go is the Chargers. I mean, they they got some talent on offense. Yeah. They need some help other places. Well, they got some talent on offense. But 8-4 is not yeah. bad for the Colts considering their injuries and what what they've oh, yeah. proven. And they should be yeah. a playoff team this year maybe. They're in, they're in the hunt right now. They are. They're talking about that. Right now. Yep. Rams 38, Cardinals 28, and that is a big win for the Rams. I mean, with, with the Seahawks did, that's a big win for the Rams. It puts them back in first place. And you know what? Now, whatever they do, they control their own destiny at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, Goff yep. seemed to bounce back. He'd been having he did. He, tough play, games, he played but... much better this week than he did last week. So, yes, mm-hmm. he, he, he yep. did. He played much better. Well, that's good. They're going to need him to keep it going because they they have to play the mighty Patriots coming up. That's right. <laughs> and that was that's a strange situation when you realize that the Patriots have actually been in L.A. waiting for this game before the Rams because they had a road game on Sunday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and back to the same stadium. It's almost like yeah. a home, home game because there's no fans, so it's almost like a home game for the Patriots. Right. <laughs> Giants 17, Seahawks 12. Um, the Seahawks are kind of struggling yeah. a bit. That had to be the yeah. shocker of the week. I, I didn't Well, no, the shocker of the week is coming up. Until yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. The yeah, shocker's coming up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. But, uh, Rick, you got to be happy as a Giants fan. I, I'm, oh. sure you, I'm sure you thought that was going to be a loss. Oh, I did. And uh, I, I'm amazed at how well that defense is playing. And, and for a change that the free agents that the Giants signed this year have been, you know, usually they're, they're duds. But this Blake Martinez they got from the Packers is amazing. Bradbury, the cornerback, and then and, and, um, – uh, even even Colt McCoy is one and zero. Actually, well, he's two and zero lifetime now against Seattle. I guess. Well, and you know, like I told you last week, Rick, he's not a starter, but he's been in the league eleven years. He's a good backup to come in and yep. get get it done when he has to. He's done it with with Cleveland, with Washington, you know, with Washington, with the Giants now, with San Francisco. He's he's come in when he's had to and done what he needed to do. Yeah, just don't lose the game. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. it. Packers 30, Eagles 16. Finally, Carson Wentz put on the bench, and Jalen Hurts, yeah. it looked like, gave him a little bit of a lift in the fourth quarter. And Jalen Hurts, by the way, will start next week. 
Right. That's right. correct. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean, it, it's just, you know, Green Bay is, uh, oh. again, kind of doing what they need to do. They're staying on the Saints' heel and heels, and they're, uh, you know, they're going to be all right. And, and Rodgers uh, had a great game, another good game, and uh, just really the most consistent quarterback all year. And they've, they've beaten New Orleans, so if they can make up that one game, they'll they'll have the tiebreaker. Uh, yeah. That's correct. Right. Yep. Patriots forty five, Chargers nothing. Chris, <laughs> well that was that was fun. Um, you know it doesn't mean a lot. I mean the Patriots are on the very fringe of the playoff discussion, but they're really not going to make the playoffs. But it was cool. Now they did a thing, and I didn't know, and I had not heard of this. They had some kind of a deal there at the, at uh, Joette where you could drive up by the field, stay in your car. You could watch the game on the monitors, I guess. You know, they had the CBS feed over the monitors. And it was really cool because, of course, um, Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak were there at the, par- at, the, at the stadium. Now, they were on delay. So they'd call the touchdown. They were seeing things ahead of uh, what the people were seeing. Somehow they got it somewhere else because they were seeing it. And then the horns would honk like seven seconds later. You know, the people in the cars <laughs> were honking the horns. It was pretty cool. But uh, two special teams touchdowns. I mean, that is amazing. They said, I think, and I don't know how they quantify these things, the amount of yards you give up or something. The second worst performance ever by special teams <laughs> the other day with the with the Chargers and, uh, you know, punt return of, well, a punt return and a block field goal and, uh, you know, so it's like amazing. Bill Belichick passed Tom Landry for third place and all time for the coaches. I assume that the ones ahead of him are Hallis and uh, Lambeau. That they That's have the team. Uh, Shula. Shula. Uh, Shula. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shula and uh, Lambeau? Or yeah, that's Alex. correct. Yep. Shula and Lambo. Okay, and uh, so and and then uh, Newton had two rushes and one throwing uh, touchdown. But I mean, they're going to be playing the Rams. That's a whole other story. The Rams are a much better team. But the Chargers, you know, we we say it every week. Anthony Wynn's gone, but um, yeah. they really and but the offense is good. But I think what they did, and, 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 and this is what the Patriots have been doing, they have improved. They, you know, Belichick, is, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. He's not going to get coach of the year or anything like that. But he's doing a, a great job getting him. They were one in, what, one in, one in two and five. Now they're six two and six, five, yeah. you know. And uh, this he and uh, Mike Zimmer, you know, whether they make the playoffs or not, you got to give them credit for putting their teams back on the rails and getting them back into the race. Well, Belichick is also now twenty-one and five against rookie quarterbacks. There you go. That—that's what yeah. I was going to say too. That yeah. you know, you have to think that he certainly uh, had some things that he hadn't seen before. And that, uh, yeah. uh, Chris, uh, the, the fans that were watching and beeping the horns there—I think technically they were actually there to watch the Revolution game. Yeah. Oh, were they? Yeah. Well, they were, maybe yeah. there was a doubleheader because that's right. Yeah. They were playing yeah. Columbus or something at, at another point. So yeah. yeah, the Eastern Finals, but they lost. <laughs> well. Chiefs 22, Broncos 16. That was kind of a whole hum game on the Sunday. Yeah, it was. They let the Broncos kind of hang in there. Yeah, the, the, the Chiefs did not play well, and uh, Drew Locke threw, what, three or four interceptions, I think. Yeah. He, that's basically why the Chiefs won the game. Yep. The highlight of that game is you'll probably never see that again. A receiver actually catching a touchdown, and they call it no catch, and he doesn't even – he doesn't even complain himself because he didn't realize he caught it. Yeah, and uh, nobody <laughs> yeah. and nobody reviewed that uh, that because that should have been a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we will go to yesterday, and yeah. um, this was the most shocking game of the week, I think. Washington mm-hmm. twenty three and uh, Pittsburgh seventeen. Uh, that would that certainly surprised me. I didn't expect that game to be close. <laughs> Yeah, and no. the Steelers are up fourteen to three at halftime too. Yeah. And Washington is in first place in their division. No, the Giants. No, they're not. The Giants, Giants, Giants still have the tiebreaker. Giants yeah. still have beat them twice. Yeah, yeah. Giants beat them twice. Yeah, but to make that even more amazing was the fact that that Washington's really only two offensive stars. Gibson went out in the second run with a toe injury, 
and and McLaurin had a total of two catches for 14 yards in the game. And uh, Rick, I think you're right. Alex Smith, I think, has submitted himself oh, yeah. to the back player of the year. Yeah, yeah. and I think I, I heard that, that Pittsburgh before that was at, at Three River was 79 one and one when having at least a 14 point lead. That is correct. Or maybe Heinz Field. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing too, I think it's COVID fatigue. You know, they were on such a strange schedule. They couldn't practice for a while. They get the, they play Wednesday and now they're playing Monday. I think they, they in Tennessee had the same syndrome. I think it was just like, yeah, uh, but you know, that, that team has got to be able to run the ball just a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's all. And, and over the last two games, their receivers and tight end must've dropped 16, 17 passes. (laughs) And uh, keep this in mind. They're starting to get serious injuries on the defensive. side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But in my okay. editorial opinion, um, I did listen to the Steelers. Their broadcast, in my opinion, is about a thousand times better than Washington. It's absolutely. Oh, yeah. and, and remember, anybody who listens, remember that Twin Chilkin has ALS, and he's trying to do the best he can. Right. You know, and Wolfley's taking a bigger role. They're like brothers. They're friends. They're the best yeah. friends in the world. You can tell. And he's picking up for him. And, you know, the problem with ALS is you know what you want to say, but you just can't say it. That's and, you right. know, so he'll sometimes what, what Tunch will do is he'll say a start of a sentence and Wolfley will finish it for him. So if you hear, a bro- hear that and you say, why isn't this guy really contributing? He's doing the best he can, you know. It's, uh, yeah. it's a very sad thing. He was a, a great column man, and, uh, you know, he's a good guy. You can tell he's, they're both good guys, and yep. it's sad. sad to see. And our final game of the week, it was the Bills 34, the 49ers playing at Arizona 24. <laughs> yep. And Kyle Allen, close. four touchdowns and, and 375 yards. Uh, Josh Allen, 375 yards and four touchdowns. Too many Allens. I can't do it. Uh, and, um, and uh, no, it really wasn't that close. And, um, and I learned something after the game because I, I turned on, before my internet went out, I turned on KMBR last night. And uh, did you guys realize that the salary cap is going to drop next year? Yes. It, yeah. It's going to go yes. from 198 to 175. And they were, they were talking about the 49ers offseason plans uh, because it looks like they're going to end up cutting a lot of significant salaries because of the, of the drop next year. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the capologists will really have to make their money. They want, you know, with no fans, and, and this is part of it. And of course, people, they're buying all the, the souvenirs and all that other stuff and the things that people buy, but just game day stuff, you know, you, you just all yeah. the things that people do. So right. it's just, uh, you know. Okay, so I guess it's time for the standings, and then we'll uh, run down with a playoff picture and see and of how course, we, we do. We want to remind you we have Dallas Ball for tonight. That's yeah, right, we do. 805 on uh, Fox and the NFL Network. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Westwood okay. 1. And Westwood won. Yeah. AFC East, we have Buffalo at nine and three, Miami at eight and four, Patriots at six and six, and the Jets are zero and twelve. Uh, thanks to uh, their defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> AFC North, Pittsburgh eleven and one, so no undefeated team. Champagne for the Miami folks. <laughs> Cleveland nine and three, and they're they're only uh, they're two out with three to go, so the Steelers should still win the division. Baltimore yep. six and five going into tonight. Of course, they're playing tonight. Cincinnati two nine and one. AFC South, Indianapolis eight and four. Tennessee eight and four. Who's in first? Uh, does anybody know right now? Tennessee. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, because the Colts lost a division game to Jacksonville the first okay. week of the season. That's Houston, Houston four and seven, and Jacksonville with that one win. Uh, oh, that was uh, yeah. That's right. That was against yeah. The they lost 11. eleven in a row. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so four and uh, four and eight. I'm sorry. Four and eight for Houston. One and eleven for Jacksonville. Everybody's played uh, twelve games now except for Dallas and. Baltimore, right. AFC West, Kansas City eleven and one. The Raiders are seven and five. Denver four and eight. The Chargers three and nine. NFC East, the fabulous New York Football Giants. I have to say it while they're in first place, five and seven. Washington five and seven. 
Dallas three and eight, and Philadelphia three eight and one. NFC North, Green Bay nine and three, Minnesota six and six. So that division is all but over. Chicago five and seven, Detroit five and seven. NFC South, New Orleans ten and two, Tampa Bay seven and five. Again, that division's all but over. Atlanta four and eight, Carolina four and eight. NFC West, the Rams are eight and four. I know they're in first. Seattle is eight and four. Arizona six and six. San Francisco five and seven. So if we look at the AFC, the number one seed right now would still be Pittsburgh because that loss to Washington was a non-conference loss. So they'd still be number one. Pittsburgh number one, Kansas City number two, Buffalo uh, uh, number three, and Tennessee number four. Then we would have uh, Cleveland number five. Uh, The Colts would be number six or Miami. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know know how that works out, uh, but it'd be the Cleveland, the Colts, and Miami, the three wild spots. The Raiders would be the next team up. There there would be eight. Baltimore right now is ninth, and they could move into a tie with the Raiders, and the Patriots are tenth for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. NFC, New Orleans is number one, Green Bay number two, Rams number three, Giants number four because they're a division leader, Seattle is number five, Tampa Bay is number six, Arizona and uh, Minnesota. 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 Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah. So yeah. in right now. Right. Arizona would not. And then right behind them at five and seven, you have Chicago, Detroit, and San Francisco with so a slight yeah. chance. So right. that's it for the standings. And let me grab the schedule. I can actually read the Braille schedule this time because we only have one change, which I'll just stick in where it goes when yep. I get to the actual game. And here we go. Uh, hang on. I can open this. There we go. All right. And while he's getting the schedule, uh, you and I'm sure we'll take our break after the schedule, but you can yep. call in 646-876-9923-287-723-4600. Hit town key twice. We have any questions about football or Okay. So Thursday night, we have the Patriots at the Rams. That'll be a good game, I think, 820 yep. on uh, Fox and NFL Network. Uh, Sunday, December 13th, we have Houston at Chicago, 1 p.m. on uh, CBS. Uh, Dallas at Cincinnati, 1 p.m. on Fox. That that game's going to be bizarre. I don't know what's going to happen here. But it's going to be bizarre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Green Bay at Detroit, uh, that is going to be a later game. They've moved at 425 p.m. on Fox. <clears throat> Kansas City at Miami, 1 p.m. on uh, CBS. Yeah, hang on. That's the Jim Nance Tony Romo game, by the way, guys. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen the Chiefs in a while, I guess. Arizona at the Giants, 1 p.m. on Fox. I think the Giants have a good shot at winning that game. They do. I think yeah. they can win that game. I mean, Murray seems to, I don't know, he seems to be a little off right now. I don't know if it's older. I think he's, older also, I older think he's also hurt. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Minnesota, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, 1 p.m. on Fox. See if Brady can bounce back off the bye. Denver at Carolina, 1 p.m. on CBS. There's another Super Bowl matchup. We have the Rams and Patriots and Denver and Carolina for some recent ones. Tennessee at Jacksonville, 1 p.m. on CBS. That's supposed to be a Thursday night game. What's the matter with them? <laughs> it usually always seems like they put it on Thursday night. Indianapolis at, the, at uh, Las Vegas, 4.05 p.m. on CBS. So Bill and Robert will be going at it. Yes. And an important game for both teams. Yep. Uh, the Jets are at Seattle, 4.05 p.m. on CBS. Yeah. And they have the Seattle has the reverse of New England. They have both New York teams coming into yeah. Seattle in a row. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. New Orleans at Philadelphia, 4:25 p.m. on Fox. Atlanta at the Chargers, 4:25 p.m. on Fox. That'll be a little weird too. Washington at San Francisco, 425. In Arizona? Uh, it, it, in Arizona, Washington at San Francisco, in Arizona, 425 p.m. on Fox. We have Pittsburgh at Buffalo. There's a good game, 820 yeah. p.m. on yeah. NBC. And the Monday night game will be Baltimore at Cleveland, another good, another good one. Yeah. on ESPN. So and there you go. It, what's interesting about the schedule 
And with them moving the Green Bay Detroit, Fox actually has more games at 425 than they do at 1 at p.m. One now. They only have three <laughs> at 1 and 4. I guess if we get New Orleans, Philadelphia, it's bad enough. We're not going to give it to the whole country. We're going to break it into more regions now. <laughs> yep. But what's, what is supposedly then the big Fox game? Uh, it was suppo- I think it was, Green Bay. I think right? it was supposed to be. I it was think supposed it, to be New Orleans, Philly. Yeah, yeah exactly. They may yeah. move Buck, and they may make the big game, the one o'clock game, Minnesota, Tampa Bay. But I don't know. Uh, Which one will be the Joe Buck Drakeman game? I don't. I don't know. Stay, I don't know. T- stay tuned and find out. But right now, yeah. let's take our yeah. two minute break. We'll come back for some college football. Right. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2 men 2 xorg to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There you go, guys. Let's see. Do we have any hands first? We We do not have any hands right now, so. Okay. What were you saying, Bill? I was just going to talk coming out of the brick, but you guys got it. Oh, okay. We got it. All right. Probably the biggest news in college football that has come across is Michigan-Ohio State will not be played because of uh, virus problems at Michigan. And therefore, unless the Big Ten does something uh, unforeseen, Ohio State will will not be in the championship game. They are having a meeting tomorrow, supposedly. The Big Ten is meeting to see if they're going to change this. Because remember, Big Ten put this in that you have to play six games to be eligible for the championship. And there was a conspiracy people saying and joking around with Michigan mysteriously with Harbaugh being in trouble and with Michigan kind of say, you know what, we don't want to play the rival. we got COVID issues. We'll keep them out of the championship. But are they, you know, Ohio State was number four again last week because the, the top seven did not change uh, with Notre, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, and Cincinnati. The top seven did not change last week. 
But uh, and with Iowa State being in the top ten now, that is the first yeah, time and we'll ever here, that we'll I here in a, that's yeah, the first, first time, time they've ever, ever we'll been in there. Yeah, we'll see in a few minutes. But like I said, they're they're talking tomorrow to say, are we going to amend this? Because it's one of those. Because if you're the committee, if they don't play in the championship game, do you still keep them in at number four? Do you still, or do you say, oh, we're going to look at one of these Cincinnati, one of those teams, because and then Indiana's going, no, wait a minute, no, they didn't play six games. We're going to be in the championship against Northwestern. It should be us now because they didn't, they weren't able to comply by the rules, even though it wasn't their fault this time. You know, there, there's a whole big debate that's going to go on tomorrow morning. And Kevin Warren sent out a tweet earlier today talking about that uh, he's a commissioner of the Big Ten, talking about well, it's leading like. The such right he, thing may need is, to be done. Yeah, they're they're leaning. I'm, I missed it. They're leaning which way? They're leaning, I think, towards changing it and making it a percentage okay. thing. So that being Ohio a Big State, Ten, they'll do one thing and then the next day they'll do something else, won't they? Right. Yeah. They'll, oh yeah. They'll have Kevin, a Kevin Warren time. might be. He may be the um, Bud Selig or Gary <sighs> Bettman or any any of those kind of guys. And he, see, the, this this the guy Big is Ten terrible. Was, the Big Ten was spoiled. They had Jim Delaney, probably one of the best commissioners out there. And now they got this turd. So anyway, uh, so basically, as you said, there were no real upsets. How good is this, um, what's his name, uh, Ian Book for Notre Dame? I haven't heard much about him, but he's, he's doing very well. Is he a pro prospect? I would say so, yeah. I would say so. But, and... You know, yeah, I'd say he's a pro prospect. And, of course, like I said, a lot of the teams came up. Now, I'll tell you the game of the day, and it was thrown together 72 hours. Uh, Coastal Carolina, BYU. BYU right. was undefeated. They were number 13. Coastal Carolina, they've only been Division One for about four years. They, they've already won the Sun Belt. They were predicted to be 1-9. and nine. They, you know, BYU flies across country, comes in there. Coastal Carolina takes down BYU. You know, the Chanticleers, they take them in. Now, if we could just get them to play Cincinnati, but Cincinnati has a big game against Tulsa, yep. you know, a, a, a ranked team uh, in the in – the, in Well, the that's going to be the championship. Apparently, they're going to do what they, you see often in the NFL. They're going to play each other this week, and then they're going to play each other next week. Yeah, so they'll probably play they'll, uh, yeah, because they're games, separate. All yeah. their backups and so forth, and then they'll play each other for real uh, for the championship the next week. Although yeah, Cincinnati that's does want to win. Game. But some have joked. Some have joked about, "Hey, just throw out your AAC championship and go play Coastal Carolina and see who's the real." But, I mean, there weren't really Alabama just blew out. Uh, Alabama blew out LSU. Right. Uh, Texas A&M won their game. Did what they're supposed to. Do. Uh, you know, I mean, Indiana beat Wisconsin. Had, yeah, Indiana beat Wisconsin. They did it. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma held on Baylor. Iowa State clinched the Big Twelve over West Virginia. Yeah, they they blew uh, out West Virginia. Yeah, they blew up. They clinched it. Uh, of course, now, another game that is canceled, Texas A&M Ole Miss is canceled, and they're not making that up because Texas A&M and Tennessee are going to play on the 19th, So, and that doesn't affect the, uh, their well, right and, now. And I, think, and I think probably one of the reasons for that is they're not making that up because I think they would like Texas A&M to play Tennessee because Tennessee, frankly, is going to be a much easier win than Ole Miss would have. Ole Miss isn't great, yeah, they, but they're they better, than, they're better than Tennessee. Just in case something happens with Ohio State, the SEC wants A&M right there. They, so, so the so the championship games right now line up as what? If Ohio State doesn't play, it's Indiana and Northwestern, right? Correct. Yeah. Iowa State and Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, Alabama, Florida. Yep. Notre Dame, Clemson. Is it Notre Dame, Clemson? Yep. 
uh, Iowa State and probably Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a tiebreaker right now, but it's still down to they could lose to West Virginia and Oklahoma State could sneak in there or Texas could somehow sneak in there. But uh, I don't see them losing Oregon, to West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. So now, any big Oregon, games? Oregon, USC, right now. Oregon, USA. So, um, and any big games uh, coming up this week? Uh, uh, the Army Navy game. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. Army Navy. Uh, you have the makeup of. Let me see. A lot of a lot of makeup games this week. A lot of makeup. Uh, yeah, a lot of different make. A lot of makeups because Notre Dame was going to make up against Wake Forest, but they decided no, they're not going to do that. Tulsa, Cincinnati. That's two ranked teams. That's one uh, yeah. to watch because if Cincinnati goes down, like I said, Cincinnati's seventh in the country, they're the highest ranked uh, group of five. That's that's a big one to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh. LSU Florida, which well LSU's not that good, so Florida no, should no. So okay, LSU so that's should. probably anything else on college football. Oh, Urban Meyer, yeah, talk about that. Okay, here's the story on Urban Meyer. <laughs> All right, Sunday afternoon, Urban Meyer announced that, and let me tell you, I watched the Fox pregame show, and they were asking, they were talking about trying, trying to talk about Texas just to get hints from him. Urban Meyer said right now, because of health reasons, he is not interested in coaching anywhere. Now, there are some that are saying, is he waiting until Ohio State is done with their season and then all of a sudden his health will get good? Uh, There are others that are saying he is sincere. There's others saying, let's wait until next year. So Urban Meyer is not going to take the Texas job as of now. Right now, Tom Herman is the coach. He still has not been fired, but there's been a lot of bridges burned I think with some alumni and with some uh, players even, and there's a thought that he would coach the bowl game, and they're waiting on that person, whether it be a Dan Mullen, John Harbaugh, Kyle Shanahan said no, uh, Gary Kubiak has even been thrown in the mix of all people, uh, or the young up-and-comer in a Matt Campbell or somebody like that. But they've hired three up and co- you know, three of the flavor of the month guys. One worked out, Mac Brown, and the other two have not. You know, it's like, do we go get that big name that and our, basically it was like we wanted Urban Meyer. We we were all on board. He said no, and they knew. And I'm sure you know he also USC wanted it. They were looking at him, so he said no to basically to both schools. So Urban is. I think Urban he likes hanging out in the broadcast booth for now. Now I'm not going to say that he won't ever come back coaching. I'm not even going to say that in a month he won't just decide I'm going to take one of these jobs because. A lot of his people that he would hire are Ohio State assistants, and he's kind of worried about taking away, taking away from them. Right. You know, so I'm not going to say never, but you know, hey. Well, so I think that I think that's it for college, but uh, we do have a caller. So let's, um, Jamal, if you want to unmute, we will be able to hear you. Hello, how are y'all doing? Can you hear Hello. me? Okay? I yeah, can yeah, hear you, Jamal. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Okay, I want to talk about the disaster that is the Chicago Bears. Okay. Quite okay. frankly, I think if anyone should be fired, it should be that clown, the general manager, Ryan Page. I mean, he should not have another opportunity to hire another coach. But I do think Matt Nagy should have a shot to audition for under a new general manager. Ryan Page was the guy who bought the players here. He was the one who had the love affair with Nick Trubisky and brought him here when they really should have drafted Deshaun Watson. And, yep. and the stupid thing about that is they were paid for the Trubisky in the first place because they should they had a third pick and they traded up to San Francisco to get the second pick. Yep. They should have stayed up to the third pick and they would have gotten him anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And, and, and what do you think? 
I know since we're since we're off the sport and we're sort of in between sports, what do you think of what the White Sox have been doing so far, uh, Jamal? They've made a couple of moves the last couple of days. Yeah, I heard about Lance Lynn. I woke up to it this morning. Nice move. And now Adam, nice Adam Eaton today. Adam Eaton. It's, that's an ironic move because Adam Eaton was the guy who was traded for Lucas Giolito. So he essentially ripped off the Washington Nationals not once but twice. Okay. I love this, Jamal. It sounds like you're at a virtual convention giving an acceptance speech. No, no, I'm at the train university. Park Back at the train station again. Yeah, yeah. There, you, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, don't miss that last train to Parksville, Jamal. Yeah. Well, welcome to the tunnel getting through the bus. The bus leaves at 6.03 last time. All right. Okay. Um, you know, right. And I'm wearing a mask because I'm talking. That's yeah. okay. Good. That's okay. All right. Anything else? Uh, yes. College football. Okay. I, you know, I find it very interesting that the Big Ten is now hedging on giving Ohio State a shot to participate in a championship. They, they follow the rules. Ohio State has five wins. They shouldn't be in the Big Ten championship, period. Well, they should Indiana deserves to be there. You know, uh, this conference is coming apart at the seams because you figure, okay, Ohio State can argue, hey, we were ready to play. You know, it's not our fault. Mm-hmm. We were ready to play. And these teams kind of, especially like, who was it that ducked off? Illinois, a couple weeks ago, yeah. ducked off. And, you know, so they can they can complain about that. The other people say, well, we said six. And, you know, so I, I, there's good arguments on both sides. They're they really shouldn't have made the rule in the first place. But right. they had the rule of kind of like, oh, now we're going to backtrack on it. That's kind of, it makes them look kind of. Uh, Bushley. Now, Bill, as far as Hoosier Nation goes, Bill, what what have you heard around there as regards to this? Really not too much. Uh, really not a lot. Act, you mm-hmm. know, if it was the Colts, you'd be talking about it. Pacers, maybe. But Indiana University, wow, that's great they're doing so well, but... You're not hearing a lot. Of, you're not hearing a lot about the big Purdue game this weekend. The old Oaken Bucket. You know yeah. they got to get past that. And and but I think we'll hear more about it. But then again, they're changing the rules. They set the rules and then they yeah. change it. Well, I don't know. I, I am, I'm typically one of these people. I'm typically one of these people. Though, if you make a rule to start, right. stay with what you did, whether you like it or you yep. don't, stay with what you did. Yeah, because Ohio State's still probably going to get in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. It may actually benefit, because let's say they go in and they lose to Northwestern. And, the, and, and you know, that is possible. Northwestern is a good team. Yes. Not saying it's likely, they but it's lose. Possible. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we got any college basketball stuff you guys want to uh, talk about? The only college basketball, uh, there is a game going right now. Kansas at last check had about a six-point lead on Creighton with about six minutes to go. So that game was, yep. at least at that point, was still close. And you, yeah, Terry, you, know, you and I follow the Big uh, Ten ACC uh, Challenge, but I really haven't been paying attention, so I don't know what's going on in it that. It starts tonight. It starts tonight. Oh, it starts tonight. Okay, It then. starts yeah, tonight. The big, games, the big games tonight are going to be Iowa, North Carolina, followed by uh, Duke and Illinois. Okay. Duke and, yeah, those those are the big ones. Uh, and, you know, I will say I like the way they've done with they these won. bubbles in Indiana and Connecticut and Las Vegas and, now and we Florida. Can, we can report to you Kansas did win 73-72, to 72, so those ratings Ooh. ought to be coming pretty soon. All yeah, right, they good. ought to be coming pretty soon, but I like this. Uh, the bubble thing that they're doing and here. Hey, with, having uh, a bubble, having a bubble at a gambling place like they do in Connecticut—that's <laughs> really cool. That gets them ready for the pros. Yeah, they got them in Connecticut and Vegas. 
Yeah, right. I think I think though the Iowa fans are looking very forward to this North Carolina game because Iowa's played. I think they played three games, and frankly, they've done what they had to do. They won all three, but they're at least playing somebody who is 16th rated. So you're at least playing a little better team now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's always fun to play North Carolina or Duke. That you know, that's tradition. That's playing the Yankees or the Dodgers or something. You know, Be, you now being a that. being a Northern Iowa fan, I remember the last time that uh, last time that. Um, North Carolina, North, uh, Northern Iowa beat the North yes, Carolina. Yes, that's the that's last time they ago. came to That's in 2015. Yeah. All right. yep. Okay. All right. So nothing. And by the way, I wasn't out. In, I was not out in left field. I was getting somebody out of the waiting room. So okay. All right. So um, anyway, so that means we have a call. Well, they haven't raised their hand yet, but if they raise their hand, we'll call on them. But they were in well, the waiting room. Well, they don't have to. Uh, right. Star nine. Star nine if you want to raise okay. your hand. So I guess. Little, little, little. Do we have yeah. any? Well, do we have any more college basketball before we move to the no, NBA? No, I think that's about it. This is the ma- good matchups. So okay, so it. the NBA, we have Wes- Russell Westbrook being traded to Washington from Houston for John Wall. So this is <clears throat> my impression is that uh, Wall's coming off isn't Wall coming off an injury and yes. Russell Westbrook is kind of I guess he's seen his better days. Or, or would you say that the Wizards are actually getting something out of this deal? Um, I I think uh, Washington is actually getting something out of the deal because it. At least Westbrook has been healthy. You don't know what kind of condition, uh, you know, Wall's going to be in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with uh, with the whole situation in Houston being what it is, with the whole James Harden situation, you, you really don't know what's going to happen there. Okay, and they're going to also get uh, a Wizards uh, number one uh, 2023 draft choice, apparently. That's correct, yeah. Uh, LeBron James uh, signed uh, his new deal, $85 million extension through 2022-23. Yeah. And he, in the 11, uh, he played uh, for his career, David USF ran down. That at that time, if he plays all these years for the Lakers, 11 for Cleveland, 4 for Miami, and 5 for the Lakers. So that'll yep. be his 20th year, and it'll be 36 year. Uh, he's 36 later this month, so it'll be 38 yep. when the contract gets over. That's correct. And then, uh, let's see, we have the um, first night. I, I've got the Christmas Day, the first night schedule, and the Christmas Day schedule. Because, again, we don't have Braille schedules, but at least we can get those days, and that will be kind of cool to have. And we always yep. do try to mention the Christmas Day stuff. So and the for those who get the Braille schedules, Chris, we probably won't because there's going to be I don't a think lot so. of changes. Yeah. Well, they, especially if they're going to redraw the whole thing at the beginning of March. They can't do that. Yeah. So, anyway. And we, do have, and we do have a hand, and we'll get you in just a second. Okay, we're almost done with the NBA. The 22nd, the opening night, which is two weeks from tonight, we have Golden State at Brooklyn. That'll be 7 p.m., and that'll be on TNT. And then the Clippers will be at the Lakers at uh, 10 p.m. on TNT also. Christmas Day, 25th. Remember, we were already talking about New Orleans uh, for the later game in football. Well, before that, people uh, that uh, you know will have a little uh, party and a beignet or something and watch New Orleans and Miami on ESPN at 12 noon. Then Golden State at Milwaukee, ABC at 2.30. It's all Eastern, of course. Brooklyn at the Celtics. Celtics have been playing. This is like the third year in a row playing a home game on Christmas. Brooklyn at the Celtics, ABC, 5 p.m. And that's uh, uh, Irving. So maybe he'll come because there'll be no fans yelling at him. Maybe he'll show up. He'll actually have a chance to show up during the preseason, too. So we'll see about that. Um, he's, he's such a brave man. Dallas at the Lakers, um, ABC, I think it's going to be. And that's at 8 p.m. And the Clippers are at Denver on ESPN at 10.30. And yep. then uh, let's see. Anthony Davis signed an extension for five years for 190 million with the uh, Lakers, and yep. that is that. And so I guess we could do our call. Now, Sean, you said you had. Well, before we do that, before we do that, we have the uh, James Harden did report today. Apparently, the yeah. reason he had reported, apparently he was running around the country, uh, no he mask, was out in Vegas. 
Yes, with no mask, running into nightclubs and all that oh, type good. of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what but I was he has talk reported. About. But he said he would be open to being traded to a contender. Yeah, and he said he's he's expanded from not just the Nets. He said Philadelphia or there's other teams also. There's a couple others. And the training. Warriors have already said no. That's really nice of him. Sounds like he's uh, really uh, <laughs> you know it'd be great you know say all right I'm going to be irresponsible. I'm going to run around the country and do whatever I want to do and be late for training camp and everything else. But I'll I'll take trades to you if, if you want that. Yeah, kind Robert. Of that, well, and that luck. was the story that I was going to talk about. Oh, okay. All right. So. All right. Well, we did, okay. now we have to let's uh, go because we have two hands now. We have. Okay. I believe this is going to be Pam. So, Pam, go ahead. And then, Pierre, if you want to unmute, you'll be next. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Christmas. Uh, First, I want to tell you that Kansas won that game uh, 73-72. Good. Yeah, we got that. Um, uh, uh, Our producer in the 515 uh, noted that, so we're good. Yeah, I, I just, I was listening to that before I, that's why I wasn't in your, yeah, so uh, the Pam, the Chiefs didn't uh, didn't play a stellar game the other night, did they? No, no. I'm a little bit worried about them. Well, you know, you're going to have ups and downs. It's a long season. You know, they talk about uh, 16 distinct games and blah, blah, blah. But you're going to have ups and downs, especially this year. It isn't easy to do that, what they're doing. And, you know, everybody's going to have their good days. They really, if the Patriots had had Newton and all those guys, uh, the Patriots might have won that night. They didn't play well then either, and they didn't play well against the Raiders. So I got, a, I got a question for you. I got a question for you about that with reference to uh, the Steelers being uh, beat the other night. Yeah. They are still, it's my understanding, they are still the one seed. Correct. The reason uh, the, the tiebreaker what, is the conference What has to game. happen for Kansas City to, to become the one seed? They have to just keep winning and have the Steelers lose another game. A, yeah. And they, ha- they have to have Pittsburgh lose a conference game. See, with, with well, then, no, any game. If the Chiefs yeah. keep winning, they'd have one loss and the Steelers would have two. That's right. But a, the reason why it's still the same, Pam, is because uh, they lost to Washington, which is an NFC team, and that makes a difference. Right. Oh. That's it. So, yeah. So, right now, and, you know, and that's important because that would be a potential of where the home game is and all that for the playoffs. The bye week. And the bye week. Yeah. The bye week is very important, too. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. But it's, it's totally within – the Chiefs just need to win their games, and, you know, you figure maybe the Steelers will lose one. They, they You know, who knows who's playing who, but uh, Chiefs Steelers uh, will have to play the Browns again, I know. Uh, you know, so that's a tough game. So, I'm sure they've got some tough games on their schedule. But yeah, it's it's not it's not been pretty. I gotta I tell you what though, I gotta hand it to Washington. And oh, yeah, they, they played a good, they he, played a good really, game. Yep. That was that was a good game, and he stepped up for them. Yep, he did. Yep. Pierre, if you want to uh, unmute, you'll be up now. Okay. Uh, the uh, yeah, the Saints clinched uh, a playoff spot last week, and uh, yep. if they if they win Sunday, then they win the South. So yeah, yep. so, uh But uh, now they got to keep winning though, because they're only one game in front of Green Bay. Correct. And Green yep. Bay and Green Bay would hold the tiebreaker. That's, that's correct. That's it, because Green Bay beat them. Yep, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. Right. So now you have a do you have a uh, diatribe? I think there's one that you want to get on all over the world about LSU and their uh, their defense, <laughs> don't you, uh, yeah. Pierre? Yeah, the scrap pile coaches. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> in fact, they're they're right now they're really calling for Bopalini's head. I mean, the fans, everybody. But uh, but Coach O said he won't make a commitment either way. 
uh, until the season's over. But uh-huh. uh, but there's going to be a lot of uh, mad people around here if he doesn't get rid of it because it's bad. Is it, now, is this his first year at that position, Pierre? Right, right. But the problem is, Perry, we played so bad this year right. that we've already had like three or four uh, top players decommit. Yeah. Defensive players decommit. Because no, you're they, not. Now, Pierre, you're not in the Mississippi State range yet, though, are you? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that, you know, you look at the decommitting, though, with, with that program. Uh, Mike Leach is losing all sorts of players. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on there. It's really something. It's gone within two years from, you know, you were stuck with no matter what the coaches did and you had to stay and blah, blah, blah. Now it's going to be, and I don't know how they're going to prevent. And I think it's good for the, the kids that they get to move, but I don't know who's going to not be, we're going to be found out paying people. And that's going to be a big scandal because it's got to be starting. You know, when you see that you could lose your starting quarterback, you say, Hey, 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 buddy, come here. You know, we'll give you this. We'll give you that. You know, uh, you know another, another, another thing to consider guys, every year at the end of the college football season, there's, several coaching changes and now with kids moving from school to school well gee i like that coach i'm gonna go you know there so i wonder yeah. if we're gonna have even more of this we had a guy the other day bc's quarterback dennis grossell he came in he played last year too but remember they had phil jakovic and he came in from notre dame so he was playing this year but he got hurt grossell threw for 520 yards he's got a couple of years of eligibility left jerkovic is still here you know mike grossell goes somewhere else for 520 yards he got some well, you know, he only transferred once under the transfer portal Okay, I don't think okay. he's transferred, so I think he could do that. And Jerkovic will have to stay here. But, but I, was, well, I was clearing that for Robert's point. Yeah, Robert's yeah. Point. You thank you. Me. Okay, good. But, I mean, there's there's a perfect example. I don't see how you're going to keep them both, you know, because somebody's going to want Grotel, you know, just the way it is. Okay, I guess that's that. So, baseball. Okay, we've got a few things, and then I'm sure Perry has – there were a couple that he threw in the last minute he can uh, give us later on that uh, I don't have here. Uh, so there were non-tender uh, offers and uh, where teams were – they could prevent their player, I guess, from being a free agent. Is that what they were doing? And, That's correct. And the Cubs did not offer to uh, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Albert Ol- Ol- uh, Al- Almora. Almora, Almora, yes, and uh, Jose Martinez. And uh, Adam Duvall was not offered by the Braves. So they can still negotiate with their teams, but they can also be free agents. So we'll see what that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the big uh, news is Len Casper in the booth. Len Casper is going from the Cubs to the White Sox, and he's going from television to radio. He's going to do the uh, radio play-by-play for the White Sox. Of course, they moved over to WMVP, and I guess Andy Mazur, who was doing that, is uh, works for WGN. So he's going to stay there. And Len Casper is going to go, and he does a good job on radio. I enjoyed him during the postseason. So that will be fine for the White Sox. Um, and let's see. And I guess he really took it because he loves radio. Usually the uh, TV guy gets more money, but I guess he's just uh, they probably sweeten the pot a little bit too. And uh, Texas hired Chris Young as the general manager. He's how how tall is he, Robert? Six ten. Six ten. Yes. Yeah. And John Daniels is now the president. Yes. And uh, and, and uh, so the rumor about it that was Chris Myers. That's not settled yet. Whether Chris Myers is going to do Cub TV. Is Correct. That, that is uh, not that is not settled. Okay. Yeah. Another thing that's not settled, I guess uh, we thought it was, but no, they're saying it looks like no DH in the National League this year so far, right? Uh, Ken Rosenthal put out an article yesterday. Teams are to prepare that there will not be one 
but he said hypothetically that could change. They yeah. need to decide something and stick with it so the teams know what to, what they Correct. can do with their roster. Yeah, and then it's like you know almost uh, you know three more if they, if they're going to have training you know is open when they should it, they're about uh, two months away from pitchers and catchers reporting so uh, yeah. they need to do something. Yeah. Okay. I know there's some more trades, but I got Rizel Iglesias pitcher to the lay to the uh, Angels from the Red. He was their closer closer for Noe Ramirez. Yep. And I know you had a, a few more today uh, uh, from the winter meetings, I guess. Uh, yeah. Both of you guys, uh, Robert Lance, and uh, Lance Lynn to the White Sox for pitcher Dane Dunning and a prospect. And the Kansas City Royals, they sign uh, Carlos Santana, two for 17, and Adam Eaton, one for eight. And a yeah, club and, option uh, for order. Hold on. Okay. Adam Eaton, one for eight, and then a club option uh, for a year, two. Yeah. And then uh, Matt Whistler. Uh, now, I forget where he was pitching last Minnesota. year. Minnesota. Oh, okay. He signed a one-year deal with the Giants. So. Okay. And I think, so is that all the baseball we have right now? It is, and our rating so far, should yeah. be in shortly. I okay. got them right now. Okay. I have I have the ratings. All right. Your top ten are as follows. Miami is ten. Georgia, number nine. Cincinnati, even though they didn't lose, they fell down a spot to number eight. Iowa State jumped up to number seven, so that shakes some things up. And your top six are the same. Florida, six. Texas A&M, five. Ohio State, four. Clemson, three. Notre Dame, two. And Alabama, number one. So That's why I think it's likely you will see Ohio State be allowed to play because they don't want to take a chance that they drop. No, Big Ten wants them, like I said, they don't want them to drop. But in some ways, if I'm Ohio State, yeah, if the committee is not, do I want to be like, you know what, go ahead and play your Big Ten championship game because what if we slip up? That could hurt us, you know. That's why I'm like, it's, either way, it's a 50-50. What do you do? What do you, you know? Well, in the so old like, days, of course, you, they always said the committee said they wouldn't take uh, teams that weren't in, uh, you know, weren't the conference champions. So I don't know, you know. Uh, no, well, no, they've, the committee has never said they will not take teams that won a conference champion because they've had two teams. They've had Alabama and Georgia before. Okay, then. The same conference. Yeah, that's right. Remember, okay. too, remember, too, if I'm correct, he's either the chairman next year or this year. Uh, Gary Barda, the Iowa athletic director, is a Big Ten guy. Yes, he's next year. He's, he's next. He year. is next year's chairman. Uh, he's on the committee now, but he's chairman next year. But yeah, that is that is your rankings right now. So Iowa Good. State, kind of the big the big mover, moving up to number seven from nine. That was so. Okay, really, was if you're of, if you're the Big Twelve, you almost. I mean, I know it's probably going to be Oklahoma. You almost want Iowa State to win that game because they're the higher of the two rated teams. Right. Oh, you want it? Yeah, you want Iowa State because they only have the one loss. Oklahoma has two right now. Oklahoma has two, and I don't think a two team has a one-loss team could get in. Let's say Texas A&M slips up against Tennessee, which probably isn't going to happen. Let's say uh, Florida slips up against LSU and then slips up against Alabama. Let's say Ohio State does get to play and they slip up against Northwestern. You know, or Clemson. Clemson loses to Notre Dame again. That's two losses for Clemson. You know, there's a you spot available. Iowa State or, you yeah, figure, you, you figure, Notre Dame or Clemson are going to lose, so so you then well, have to okay, talk about. You Notre could Dame, still keep Notre on, Dame. If, but, you know. if Notre Dame loses, they have one loss. Clemson has one loss. They could both still be in. But if Clemson loses, Clemson would have two losses to Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame would be undefeated. Yeah. Clemson could be out, and yeah. it could be a Texas A&M or an Iowa State slipping into that. Uh, or even Florida, but uh, if Florida right. loses to Alabama, they're out because they lost in the head-to-head to Texas A&M already. So 
you know, you got uh, a Texas A&M Iowa State slipping in if Clemson loses to Notre Dame again because they're going to take a one-loss A&M or a one-loss Iowa State over a two-loss Clemson right. right now, probably. Okay, so now let's go to the NHL. I have a little information. It's kind of ambiguous because the players apparently, and they're not doing it in public like they did in baseball, so we're not going to hear every day about this number of games for this amount of money or we're going to play here, we're going to play there. So the uh, they're t- looking for a mid-January target date. Uh, but they almost that starting to slide. I mean, you really with a regular training camp, you'd want to be. You got to get guys out of Europe and everything else. So, well, uh, this uh, is not easy. Uh, today it was announced that all the money considerations are going to be put aside, and the NHL is going to settle on a 56-game schedule. Uh, but I did not hear uh, what date the training right. camp would start. Well, yeah. yeah, again, the European players with the with the virus restrictions and everything else. And I understand that the the countries that where they live are you know very hockey oriented. They'll do the best they can to get them out. But it's just a lot of a lot of paperwork to be done. And mm-hmm. if you're going to start in the middle of January, let's say it's uh, December eighth, you know that's five weeks. That's about what a normal training camp is. So right. you know it's about five weeks. Uh, the players uh, scattered and all all over the place, as I say. There probably will be a Canadian division so that a bunch of players can just stay right there in Canada, and then you just have to get the players to play in the U.S. out of Canada. And that they did that for the, uh, uh, you know, for the playoffs and so forth. Well, they got the U.S. players into Canada, right. so they can get the, they'll just reverse the process and hopefully get that a done. Fourteen-day thing or so. That's yeah, they'll, they'll do that. Then the, so they're going to tweak the money. Uh, they'll get to that later, I guess. Uh, and. And you know what, maybe by, the play, maybe by the playoffs it'll be changed with the travel restrictions by the time they get playoff in May. Well, that's right. I mean, what, but you're going to set up the divisions uh, the way, and now they're going to, you know, they're not, they're going to do like the NBA. They're going to play in the city, but they could yeah. be playing outside because this, this, you know, you've already got teams, many teams share an arena with the hockey team, and the NBA is carving its niche. They're saying they're playing, you know, these games on these days uh, up through the beginning of March, so the NHL may have to look for alternate sites, and some of them may be outside. They're not going to have fans, but they could play at Fenway Park. They would get Pittsburgh, Anaheim, and, and the Kings have been also talking about playing outside. Well, too. and uh, from what I understand, Gary Bettman and uh, Adam Silver have been working together on figuring out dates for both leagues. And so Adam Silver is involved. You could have an indoor stadium game of uh, like Dallas Stars playing either Globe Life or Jerry World. Yeah, right. so mm-hmm. uh, apparently the two of them are working together from what I understand. Okay. And I think that's all we really have on hockey. And do we have anything else before we get to our poll question? Well, we do not. No, let's. All right. So you can call in. Like I said, if you want to answer the poll question, go ahead and start calling in at 646 876 9923 or download the Zoom app and then do uh, 287 723 4600. Hit pound key twice. And the poll question is (coughs) what TV announcers? Do you really like as far as, you know, especially for those of us now, I mean, we do have people that can see that listen. So you, we'll let you guys answer too. Yeah. We'll let you, we'll let you guys answer too. But like, let's say you close your eyes, sighted people close your eyes on what, what TV people, past or present. Do you really, do you really like on TV? Cause you can follow, you can, you know, you can, you can follow they're easy so who do you like so we'll go ahead and start with chris yeah okay um of course i'm not i now with the advent of xm and all and the uh in streaming that we get and so forth i'm not much of a tv sports watcher i used to be um and uh, the guys that i liked back in the old days were the guys that uh, were from radio dick enberg uh jack buck kurt gowdy you know those kind of people uh, kevin harlan is that way we talked about that last week you know that got us into this topic because we were talking about how good he is on tv for somebody to watch um but for baseball 
baseball. Uh, you know, we've had some great uh, duos here. You know, we had uh, Ken uh, Ned Martin and Ken Harrelson. They were good on TV. We had uh, and we Jerry Remy, of course, is a great color man. And uh, you know, he he was worked with first with Don Orsillo and and uh, well Sean McDonough. They were a great t- team, and I enjoyed uh, them. I used to put them on a lot uh, for football. Again, uh, you know, I mentioned a lot of the guys. You know, the Dick Enbergs, the Marv Alberts. You know, people who came from the radio background. One of the guys who used to drive me crazy on football was Pat Summerall because and he did all the big games, but he would never tell you where the ball was. No, nope. just wouldn't do it. Would not do it. And uh, basketball, we talked a few weeks ago about uh, Tommy Heinsohn and Red Auerbach doing games together. That was pretty cool. Gil Santos did a great job on on TV basketball here locally. Um, you know, so we've had we've had some good ones. Fred Cusick in hockey because he was an old radio guy. So and. Hockey generally is easy to follow on TV because they basically, even if the pucks are easier to see now, and I don't know, and Robert can comment on that when it gets to be his time, but uh, maybe the pucks now with the different, uh, you know, high definition are easier to see. But most of the announcers, like a Doc Emmerich, do the games so that you, if they they just turn the sound down just a hair so you can hear them a little better, I think that would help. But basically they give you radio play-by-play on TV. Sometimes I'll talk to the color man for a little while, but they will do. Hockey is probably the easiest sport to follow on TV uh, because there's not as many score changes and they'll give you the screen. You know, basketball, you're sitting there and you don't even know the score halftime when you watch TV. Yeah, I hear from sighted people that for them it's it's the hardest one to translate to TV. Yeah, no, it it is. Um, the, uh, The puck is still not easy for people to see. Uh, and I don't know if they'll ever figure out a way for, for people to actually see the puck with the way hockey is played. So since you're already talking, why don't we take you next then, Robert? Yeah, we'll go out of, we'll yeah, we'll go out of order. Go, Robert, next. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, well uh, I was willing to wait my turn, but Chris wanted me to comment on um, Yeah, no, that's far, fine. As far as TV... Um, I, I'm with Chris. I like, you know, the Kurt Gowdy's, the, the, the older guys, Jack Buck, uh, and Kevin Harlan for foot, for football and basketball yep. is one of the best on TV. Um, let's see, um, for, uh, for basketball, um, uh, well, for the, uh, uh, Greg Papa, uh, is, used to be very good on TV when he did it for the Warriors. Cause he, he used to simulcast, do radio and TV together when he did the Warriors play by play. Now they have Bob Fitzgerald doing it and he's pretty good. Uh, although they've switched color people, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, if he's co- gonna be able to continue to do the same job he normally does. I hate that when, when things change. Uh, Hockey uh, here locally, uh, we have uh, uh, Randy Hahn for the Sharks. Uh, uh, him and Jay- Jamie Baker and Brett Hedekin, they they do a good TV broadcast, and you always know where the puck is. Um, so uh, you know they're good for for TV. Baseball, uh, we have um, for the A's. They have Glenn Kuiper, and he normally works for Ray Fossey. And of course, you always know what what's going on in the baseball game. So the the, uh, the Barry in general for baseball is it's very good. Whether you're on radio or TV, you always know what's happening either with the A's or the Giants. So yeah, and you got uh, uh, you know John Miller gets over on TV some of the time, yeah, and you get you're right. Uh, you know you said Dwayne Kuiper and his uh, what, what his brothers uh, with uh, the A's. Glenn, yep. Yeah. Glenn, yep. yeah, Dwayne and Glenn both do a good job and uh, yep. a good color men. So yeah, the yep. Bay Area, Bay Area, we're lucky here and you're lucky there. I think we really have good uh, good sets of announcers basically on all the sports. Yes. Perry, I should say, yeah. I think, really, I agree with Chris that the old TV broadcasts were better. Uh, and you also said, Chris, that the hockey is the easiest to follow, probably the hardest to follow on TV is the NBA because they, they do more quite quite honestly, more gimmicky stuff, especially on the national broadcasts than any other sports. But uh, 
I mean, Kevin Harlan, when he's doing an NBA game, you can follow it. But other than that, it's it's pretty difficult. Um, the Cubs always, I mean, with Harry, you know what it was with Harry. But since Harry, you've had uh, Chip Carey was good. Len Casper was good. It'll be interesting to see uh, what they who they pick now to, as to whether they're good. Um, basketball, I mean, it's... Like I say, it's it's pretty hard on TV to keep track of the, especially the pros. The college is not quite so much. It, it's a little bit easier. And of course, with every game being on ESPN and all, you get pretty much the ESPN announcers. But like I say, baseball is pretty good. The NFL um, has gotten a lot better. I agree with you, Chris. Summerall was difficult. Um, Nance isn't bad, but like you anymore, I pretty much go to radio for the most part these days. There are guys that I heard doing highlights, and of course, Patriots have moved down a tier or two in their games. But there's people out there, and they're saying, "Oh, there's so and so on the highlight." I'm like, "Who's that?" You know, they they never got announcers. I didn't know who they were. And but that's me. That's a little of both. Patriots aren't as good, and you know, I'm not uh, watching them, so I get that. But it's it, you know, it's like. We had some good ones on TV. Crippy, Cricky, and Trumpy were good on TV. You know, they were good now, on radio. Now with the, back when we when we got the Bulls locally on TV, which we don't now, but we did back in the day. Uh, Jim Durham was good, and uh, Wayne Larravee was good, and Neil mm-hmm. Funk when he did TV was good. So the Bulls, the, well, the Bulls, and had you had Tom budget. Door, who was a radio guy. Also. Correct. Yeah, Tom Door with Giants. You know, from '92. Of course, Tom Dore was a radio guy with the University yes. of Texas and the University of Missouri, so that's where he like on TV, I guess, for you guys, too. But sorry, they're very busy. Yep. Bill, it's your turn. Go All ahead. right. Um, I'm going to take more of a local flavor. Chris Denary, okay. because I worked on his computer two times. Who, who Bill, you kind of, kind of just a smith. Okay. Chris Denary, who a Pacers broadcaster, who's been doing the games for about 15 years now. I worked on his computer, but he goes out of his way to explain it for the visually impaired. Because um, baseball, I might as well go, since I listen to radio so much, might as well go back to Dizzy Dean and Pee Wee Reese. Tell much. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Kirk Downey, and I like Jack Buck. You know, I like them on television as much as anything for local sports. I like the guy that just passed away last year, Chet Kopik out of Chicago, who used to work here in Indianapolis. He was very good. And that pretty much does it for maybe Mark Patrick. He was pretty good, too. But By the way, speaking of baseball, Bill, you, you reminded me we did have one baseball story, and I forgot to get to it, so we'll do that before we talk to Jerry. Uh, my How the Mighty Have Fallen. Remember earlier this summer that uh, the open mic thing with the Cincinnati Reds? Remember that story? Yeah. Uh, Tom Brenneman has been hired by the Winter League in Puerto Rico as their play-by-play announcer on TV. Oh, wow. oh, I thought right. maybe he could go right. to the right. club. I thought he could but, go back to the Cubs, maybe. Um. <laughs> well, yeah. apparently the now Puerto Rican Winter League. Go ahead, Sean. Let me, give, let me give you mine. All right. And for me, I've watched a lot more on TV because it's one of those, watching it with my dad. My dad, would, you know, he had it on TV. So it's like, oh, follow with me on TV, son. Come on, you can follow it. You can pick it up. And, of course, I had, back as a kid, I had my dad's extra commentary thrown in with the announcer. So that was, a t- and his, sometimes his outlook was a little different than the commentator, but <laughs> that's another story. Uh, I, you know, a lot of the guys you mentioned, 
are, are really good. I think of Dick Stockton doing the NBA back in the day. Costas, Bob Costas. Oh, yeah. He's oh, another. Yeah. Al Michaels, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever Al does. He had never done hockey before, and he pulled it off doing that. Uh, Vern, Vern Lundquist. Oh, yeah. Vern Lundquist made figure skating sound interesting <laughs> on the Olympics. I mean, he, if you can make figure skating sound exciting when figure skating is a very visual sport. And I'll tell you, like you mentioned Dick Ember. Dick Emberg was doing tennis back in the when we watched tennis for the McEnroe meltdowns. Yeah, he, Dick Emberg and Bud Collins. He, he, he used that, to do Wimbledon every year when NBC yes, he had did it. Wimbledon and the and the French Open. He did yep. both of those, and mm-hmm. we would watch. And Emberg, you know, like you mentioned, Marv, Kevin, you know, Marv Albert, Kevin Harlan, some of the newer guys that I've checked out that I like. Of course, now Joe Buck on baseball, I like him better on baseball than I do on football. Football, he kind of is kind of hard to follow. Jim Nance on golf, Jim Nance on golf, you know, especially, and a little bit on basketball, and football, but basketball I mainly listen because of Tony Romo. You know, Tony can you mean, break so you down. Mean football. You mean football? I mean on football, man. Yeah, on football, Tony Romo can just break it down. It's you listen to Jim because you you can get the play, but then you hear. I mean, Tony knows that the, and it used to upset some of the quarterbacks because he'd almost tell what they're doing. It's like, well, well, the other team's not hearing what he's doing. But mm-hmm. you know, the day I look at a guy like a Ron Franklin, that's another one. Because, but he was a radio play-by-play guy, and he also right. did TV sports casting, so he knew how to do both. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so some others right now, look at a Brad Nessler. Brad yep. Nessler's real good. Kenny Albert, but that's because of his dad. And, of course, Gus Johnson, and every play for Gus Johnson is the most exciting play, but, you know, I think of him, and that's, you know, that's a few... The only other thing uh, you mentioned, now, Sean, John Miller, we got we got to go. We got to go on this one, though, Sean. Remember that the play in the sports conference, the uh, half court shot for from uh, Northern Iowa that we had. Um, Tom McCarthy was good on radio. We heard Gary Rima. I'm sure Craig Way had a fantastic call. We heard that. Um, yep. Carter Blackburn wasn't horrible on TV, but he can't live up to those guys on that call. No, he was he was number four. He, he was, was and, 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 and to be and to be fair, he wasn't bad on TV. Yeah. No, he, no, Carter Blackburn is good. Carter Blackburn is good. And you know what? That, you mentioned Tom McCarthy. That's another one that really yeah. does a good job. But that's a radio guy coming over to TV. <laughs> that's right. That's and, right. You know now, Dan Dan Shulman has gotten better on TV. I will say that Dan Shulman's gotten better. But there's I mean there's a lot of guys like I said. You just go. Uh, I mean some especially. Most of your most of your ESPN announcers are some of the worst as far as telling what's going on on TV. Yep. Now your Turner guys, but your Turner guys, a lot of them are radio guys. Brian Anderson, well, Brian Anderson's done radio. Kevin Harlan, Marv Albert, Dick Stockton has done a little bit of both. Yep. I mean, they're they're radio guys. They're CBS guys. A lot and of them. Now, and now your Fox guys are even getting into it. I know. Um for college basketball, I know for the Brewers, both uh, Jeff Levering and Lane Grendel do college basketball on TV. Yeah, and you know, and you got and you got our buddy Kevin Kugler doing TV. Yeah, now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, uh, but anyway, I guess we should go to Jerry. Should let's we? go to and, uh, we have Jerry. We have Jerry and Pierre, and then Chris will have to get us through those desks because right. will. we have a we have a big college basketball game we need to get to. Right, and uh, the other yeah. thing is, Wait, I've got a bulletin on. for you too. Okay. When you get done okay. with that, well, I can just tell you real quick. Yeah, now Indiana and Purdue have canceled their football practices, COVID nineteen. So we could be setting up for a okay. cancellation this weekend. So now is that, that now, Bill? Have the, have either 
one of those tombs, tombs, teams uh, had any cancellations. No. They, so um, Indiana okay. technically then would still be eligible with the six rule yeah. if yeah. if that would happen. Oh, okay. Of, they played, uh, they, Jerry, Jerry why don't seven. you start unmuting so we can hear you? And one announcer you don't want to forget, guys, is Vince Scully. He was good on TV also. Well, yeah, yeah, Vince Scully was good whatever Vince Scully did. That's right. That's correct. That's right. Are you with us, Jerry? Okay, I think there we got... There you yep, go, Jerry. Go, go ahead. Yeah, it wouldn't cooperate at first. All right, first of all, uh, I agree with you guys about the Jackbucks and, and, and everything. What I, I'll tell you what I got a kick out of with, although we didn't get anything out of it. I used to get a kick out of with the Pat oh, John Madden. When John Madden would draw stuff, he would be so animated, animated, you know. The quarterback, he's right up here. And the halfback, he's down there. And boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That used to crack me up. I didn't know what the hell he was doing. But, yeah, yeah. but anyway. Yeah. I'm going to go in a totally different direction. I'm going to go way back in time to my dad again. And I'm going to, my dad introduced me to Lindsey Nelson. I remember oh, yeah. in the day. Yep. Uh, he and I, and I really didn't understand the sport too well. And he, he, he kind of helped, tried to explain it to me. But Lindsey Nelson and Red Grange, yeah. uh, they, were, they were great broadcasters back in uh, probably the late 50s or yep. whatever. That's right. And I used to watch that with my dad. And I was a big fan of Ray Scott, too. He did. I, I, I forgot about him, Jerry. Uh, well, Ray Scott was an interesting guy because I heard, I've heard replays of him doing, like, there's the, the Lions-Brown uh, championship game from 57, and he was one of the color the play-by-play guys on that. And he did a regular radio play-by-play where he actually told you what was going on. But he decided, unlike Kurt and Jack Buck and everybody, he decided he was going to go minimalist on TV. And, he, you know, you know star to Horning first yeah. down and you know he'd do it like that and he'd give you the yard line but he'd never he'd said much and it was up to Paul Christman or whoever his color man was and for some reason that's just how he did it they decided they can see it which is not good because you know we, we a we can't so I didn't dislike him because he was had a nice personality and and I liked his style but I just didn't like the way he did the play-by-play I wanted them to do what what Kurt and them did Right. You know, though, it, was inter- it was interesting. It was interesting, Chris, after he had kind of retired and wasn't doing anything anymore. Uh, one year, uh, the Northern Iowa basketball team was in Hawaii and they had a playoff football game and they needed a fill in. And Ray Scott filled in. And even after being retired, he was still pretty darn good on the radio doing that football game. Yeah, I think he's one of the ones that came out of retirement in 88 when we, we brought back yeah, Kirk Gowdy and everybody. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. Him, Kirk yep. Gowdy, all those guys when the Olympics were going on. Thompson, another one that's very good on, was very good on TV. Excellent yeah. on TV with football. Oh, yeah. And baseball. Pierre, if you want to start unmuting, we could, when Jerry's done, you'll be ready to go. I'll tell you another direction I yeah. discovered in the last couple of years. But, uh, yeah. but I think I heard that his um, dad was blind or visually impaired. When You know when they bring up, when they brought up the, uh, when you get all the baseball games, all the teams free for the first week of the season. Right. Uh, I got into Gary Thorne. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he oh, was yeah. doing Baltimore Orioles. Yes. You know, he, was, he uh, did very well. Yes, well. Gary Thorne very good. I think of him doing that empty stadium game. Let's go, uh, let's go to you. Oh, let's yeah. go to Jim at 18. <laughs> yeah. Well, now everybody's getting to do those. But Gary Thorne's an excellent hockey announcer, too. Yes. Pierre. Okay, Pierre. Thanks, Gary. Well, uh, Robert kind of stole my thunder on baseball because Vince Scully and Joe Garagiola, to me, were, were good together. Oh, yes, they were. And, so, and then for uh, basketball, college basketball, as I call him, Dick Vitalis, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I enjoyed him. And for NFL, 
I I don't know. There's just something about him, but I like Chris Collinsworth. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, he's a good yes. caller man. He is. Yes, he is. You know, and again, it was so funny because people, and I would, you know, listen to the game on the radio and watch it on TV back in the day before we could get all the other games. And, and I'd have, uh, and, and I also like to hear the TV guy because John Carlson, I didn't like him as much as our play-by-play guy in between the times we had Gil Sando. And I'd listen to Trumpy and, and, and um, you know, uh, uh, what's well, uh, Donald, uh, Don Crick and Bob, yeah. the games, and they the people would complain about Trumpy and say he didn't say this nice about Patriots, he didn't say that nice about, it. and I'm like he was calling it straight. He's you know they say he doesn't yeah. like the Patriots. You know, no, he, he was. I thought he was doing well, a good job. When it's when it's your team, they're never nice to your and uh, no, your team. no, that's that, that's yeah. what people. But see, my thing is, if my team and and we talked about this briefly last week or a couple weeks ago about Scott Zolak, if my team isn't playing well, I want somebody to say so. You know, I don't. I don't need somebody to pretend they're playing well, you know. Yeah. Any any others, Pierre? I think he, he might be gone. I, I oh, think you're muted. So let's okay, me see, we do oh. have Jamal. Jamal, if you want to unmute, we can hear you. Hello, Jamal. I'm at home right now as I'm leaving this message. Okay, okay. go ahead. Talking about, about announcers. Yeah, and there are two announcers that came to mind. Both of whom were these who I could not stand, but they hello very announcers I like to listen to. Jim Irwin, the former longtime voice of the uh, Green Bay Packers, he also did some announcement in Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. Especially when I was a kid, as I was using my vision, I started to listen to Jim Irwin, and he was a hell of an announcer. He was very descriptive. And he was. Now, was he on TV? I used to hear him on the radio. Was he also on TV? Because we were talking about TV tonight, but. To my knowledge, you the radio guy only. Okay, just just to, to clarify. We're talking okay. about guys on TV. We're talking about announcers. On we were, TV. but uh, oh, uh, that Jim okay. Jim Irwin was good. Well, then, I agree. Well, then TV guys. Then okay, well, a guy who was very good on TV and was very descriptive. Unfortunately, he didn't stay at the White Sox long enough. Was Don Drysdale? Right. I like right. listening to Drysdale. He was a very good descriptive announcer on the television side. He, he was also the one the person television. that Vin Scully would work with. I mean, obviously they made him work with Joe Garrett. Not that they made him. They got along and all that. But, I mean, basically, even when he had uh, Jerry Doggett as a partner, he would do innings and Jerry would do innings and he would do innings, and that's how they did it. He was used to working alone. But Don Drysdale, he was happy to work with as a color man. He made that point when Don Drysdale died that he thought, you know, they just worked well together, and he was very sad and uh, a good friend of his for 40 years with the, with the Dodgers as a player and everything. But he was he respected him as a play as a color man to work with, and of course, I'm sure he did some play by play too. Right now, also as a radio guy transferred to TV, I'm going to mention two of those: Neil Funk, recently retired announcer for the Bowl. Yep. When he switched from radio to TV, he took his radio side with him. It was a pleasure a pleasure to listen to, even watching Bulls broadcast on TV. And now, granted, back in the day, they were simulcasting, but Jim do him on TV. Even with a simulcast, was very good. Yep. Yep. Jamal, Jamal you and I are covering some of the same territory. <laughs> yeah. And then, and we need to mention for anything, we need to mention Chick Hearn because he did radio and TV together too, and did a great yeah. job doing that. Yep. Uh, the whole the whole time he was uh, the Lakers announcer, they they always did uh, you know simulcast. Well, and Hot Rod Hundley How too. Yep. How come more teams don't do that, I wonder? How come more teams don't do well, that? Well, because the thing is, it's an art, and you really have to explain 
to the dunderheads out there that if you're going to do radio and TV together, that they, they, you want people on the radio to know what's going on because they would say, because they're so used to the way it works now, they're talking too much. I can see the ball. Well, yeah, but remember, there's other people that can't see the ball. Why well, do I don't want them to do it? Because yeah. I can see the ball. I'm watching wow. it on TV. And the, answer, the answer, Chris, that they give you to that is if you're blind – Listen to the radio. Yeah, well. Yeah, but um, what I'm saying is if you're doing a simulcast and you're, you're listening to the radio. Oh, a simulcast, yes. A simulcast. And so what I'm saying, no, I get that about blind people. I'm not, you know, I, I get it. But, and they were, and we can listen to the radio and we can listen to anything we want now. I'm talking about the simulcast. And you would get these fools who wouldn't understand that the people that are, have to listen to the radio because they don't care about, you know, we, what do we see in our society right now with the virus? You know, how, how much do people care about each other? Not a lot. Well, yeah, well, I would also like to say one more thing. I would figure it would be cheaper for the teams and the broadcast outlets who, I have one broadcaster to do both in two yeah, but see, broadcasters. I'm always, okay. see, if, if they were to do that tomorrow, I would always be afraid they'd hire the wrong one. You know? And here's, here's the other thing now with all these. A lot of times you have different companies. Like, all right, a lot of the TV people are now empo- were employed by Fox or Comcast or now Sinclair because they bought all the Fox. So they're, they're employees of that network and the radio. Sometimes they're their station. So they're not hired by the team as much anymore like they were back right. then. Right. And, and ours are all set up through the radio, the radio and TV outlet. It's, uh, that's how the, the people are hired. So here would be the last place it would happen because you've, you've got your own brand. You want your, your uh, you know, Sean Grandy on radio and, and your uh, uh, Mike Gorman on TV. You know, that's, right. that's just the way it's going to work. Right. Well, Chris, before I throw it to you with the deaths, uh, we, did, we did mention this last week. You had asked Jamal where the Bulls were going to be this year. They are still on uh, the score. So they are. Okay. So they'll move them to somewhere for when Cubs uh, games come along. Yeah. Okay. Chris will take go. us home with the desk because we do have that big game to get to. We do. It already started right. right now. We got a, a football team full of them here. We got 11 of them. So let's go. We have Jim McFarlane, 73 years old. He played uh, one game for Buffalo in 70. Then he played for the St. Louis Cardinals for 70 through 74. Miami <laughs> in 75. And then he had uh, two touchdowns. And, uh, and and then he retired, and he went to uh, practice law. Oh, he went to Cornell Law School, and then he practiced in Lincoln, Nebraska. He'd gone to Nebraska for in college, and um, he was a labor lawyer in Lincoln, Nebraska for 35 years, and a state senator from 86 through 90. And then he was 99. He made the Nebraska Hall of Fame. So, and he died of pancreatic cancer. Then next we have Jack the Shot Foley, 81 years old. He went to Holy Cross. He had from 59 through 62. 20, his averages went up each year in college: 24.6, 26.9, 33.3. When he was a senior, and uh, 28.6 altogether for the whole uh, thing. Highest. Uh, the Holy Cross uh, history, 2,185 points at the time, and now, well, and now he's the third all-time at Holy Cross, and 40 or more five times in his second-round choice in 62, the 16th uh, pick overall, because remember, there were only eight teams, and he was the second-round choice behind John Havlicek. Well, John Havlicek got to play a lot more than he did. He was basically their 12th man or 10th man, however many they had in the rosters in those days, and he played for the Celtics 62 through 63, and then he played uh, six games for the Knicks in 63 and 64, he died of Parkinson's uh, in the fall, and was a teacher and a coach after basketball, and you know after his playing days were over. So great college career, not much in the pros, but uh, big memories for Holy Cross fans. Then we have Arnie Robinson, 72 years old, long jump uh, participant in the Olympics. He grew up in San Diego. He played at uh, San Diego Mesa Junior College. Then he went to San Diego State, 
70 NCAA outdoor uh, long jump champion, 71 USA outdoor uh, title, and then the 72 bronze in the in Munich, 76 a gold medal in Montreal. Uh, let's see. And in the Pan Am games in 71, he won the gold and silver in 75 in the Pan Am. Uh, in 2000, uh, let's see, track and he made the track and field hall of fame in 2000 and, uh, Mesa head track coach, uh, and, uh, and the gym teacher there and, and died of cancer and had, uh, brain cancer since 05. Then we go to Rayford Johnson and we got that audio coming up hopefully in a, in a minute. Rayford Johnson, 86 years old. The silver medal in 56 in Melbourne in the decathlon, uh, decathlon and the 60 gold medal in Rome. And uh, in the Pan Am Games, he won in 55. And then he carried the flag for the flag bearer in 1960 for our Olympic team. And then he wrote that he lit the Olympic flame in 84 in the L.A. Games. He died of a stroke. And then, of course, as we're uh, I'll set this up. He was one of uh, the security guards for Bobby Kennedy, along with Roosevelt Greer. Of course, nowadays, they don't do it that way. Uh, once you become prominent enough in the campaign, they have you, uh, they get a secret service detail for you. And this is the reason for it, because on the night of June 4th, 1968, Bobby Kennedy won the primary, and Rayford Johnson was there. And uh, we can maybe hear some audio here in a second. Yes, we can. Through the courtesy of the Mutual Broadcasting System. It was mutual reporter Andrew West who attempted to interview the senator just after Kennedy made his concluding remarks to a victory celebration and began to move out of the ballroom. My thanks to all of you, and now it's on to Chicago, and let's win there. Hold him, hold him, hold him. 
people away from him. Keep people away from him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Now, <laughs> make room, make room, make room, make room, make room. The senator is on the ground. He's bleeding profusely. From apparently, clear back. Apparently, the senator has been shot from the uh, in the frontal area. We can't see exactly where the where the senator has been shot. But come on, push back. Come on, grab a hold of me. Grab a hold of me and let's let's pull back. That's it. Come on. Get a hold of my arms. Let's pull back. Let's pull back. All right. The senators now. The ambulance has been called for. And the ambulance is... Bring the ambulance in this entrance. And... This is a terrible thing. It's reminiscent of the valley the other day. When the senator was out there and somebody hit him in the head with a rock. And people couldn't believe it at that time. But it is a fact. Keep room. Ethel Kennedy is standing by. She is calm. She's raising her hand high to motion people back. She's attempting to get calm. A woman with a tremendous amount of presence. A tremendous amount of presence. It's impossible to believe. It's impossible to believe this. There's a certain amount of fanaticism here now. As this has occurred, no one. They're trying to run everybody back. Clear the area. Clear the area. Right at this moment. The senator apparently... We can't see if he is still conscious or not. Can you see if he's conscious? What? Can you see if he's conscious? I don't know. No, I know he's half conscious. He's half conscious. And ladies, we can't see, ladies and gentlemen. One of the men, a Kennedy, apparently a Kennedy supporter, is going first. Come on. Come on, out, out, out. Is there some way to close these doors, Jess? Out. Is there any doors here? Out. 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 Through the, out through the exit. Let's go. Out we go. <laughs> Unbelievable situation. They're clearing the halls. One man has blood on himself. We're walking down the corridors here. Repetition in my speech. I have no alternative. The shock is, is so great. My mouth is dry. I can only say that here in the kitchen of the Ambassador Hotel, the back entrance from the podium in the press room, the senator walked out the back. I was directly behind him. You heard a balloon go off and a shot. You didn't really realize that the shot was a shot. And yet a scream went up. Two men were on the ground both bleeding profusely. One of them was Senator Robert Kennedy. At this moment, we are stunned, we are shaking, as is everyone else in this kitchen corridor at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. They're blocking off the entrance now. 
supposedly to make room for the ambulance. That's all we can report at this moment. I do not know if the senator is dead or if he is alive. We do not know the name of the other gentleman concerned. This is Andrew West, Mutual News, Los Angeles. That was the incredible scene at the moment of the shooting of Senator Robert Kennedy last night, dramatically and ably reported by Mutual Broadcast reporter Andrew West, made available to our CBS News listeners through the courtesy of the Mutual Broadcasting System. CBS News will continue to keep you informed of the latest developments in the Kennedy story throughout the day. This is Alan Jackson, CBS News, New York. This is the CBS Radio Network. Well, Chris, we lived that one. You and I oh, yeah. did. That is the most amazing. Now, I don't think he was on the air. I think that they took that. You know, that he was gathering. No, it was a rec- it was a recording, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was you could kind of hear, you could kind of hear the tape recorder. Yeah, yeah. 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 He turned it yeah, on. It was not on live, but that is the most amazing radio probably of our lifetime. That is amazing. Rayford, Rayford and Rose, you tackled him. Yeah, they did. They, they did. Him. And uh, luckily, nobody else was shot, as it turned out. But in the, that confusion, but the amazing well, there thing. Were, yeah, there were two other people worth. Were there? Were they, I didn't there was an ABC. That. There was an ABC guy that was shot, and a union uh, guy from California okay. that was shot. But yeah. but anyway, the amazing thing nowadays, the the police weren't there. They just weren't there. Right. That was a six or seven minute. Thing, and finally the ambulance was coming, but the police weren't there. And the and of course, this is why we have the Secret Service. This is why this really turned it. I mean, okay, Ken, his brother was shot and Martin Luther King was shot, but this is the one that really turned it and made it a lot more about security after that. You know, okay. Now the inter- the interesting thing there, Chris, is the ABC guy that was that was hit actually did a TV interview while he was waiting to go into surgery at the hospital. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, Andrew West hey. was a real pro, and so was he. That's for sure. You no kidding. Well, anyway, we've got some other stuff to go we through. We do. Yep. But that was Rayford Johnson, and uh, we had to play that because that, that was just amazing. Okay, we have Marv Marinovich, 81 years old, the all-time sports father. Uh, Todd's father, the captain of the USC football team in 62, and they were the 62 national champs, uh, beating uh, Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. He played one game for the Raiders in 65. He was was an offensive lineman, but he was basically uh, muscle-bound. He's overtrained. He never really was able to, to play sports. But then he got into sports training and groomed Todd uh, for the quarterback. Uh, they, there were some amazing stories in that thing where they put the football in the crib with him, and he wasn't allowed to eat this or do that. And uh, But then Todd, as often can happen with a high achiever, he did get to USC. He was the star quarterback there. He went to the Raiders, but he got into drugs. He, you know, he just couldn't maintain, probably felt he was always falling short, And uh, but he was the all-time sports father. He died at 81 years of Alzheimer's Todd, disease. Todd Marinovich and Jamarcus um, Russell were the two biggest Raider busts in history. So Yeah, well, what can I yeah. tell you? And, uh, okay, Neil Armstrong, not the guy who went to the moon, but the NHL linesman, 87 years old. He uh, played, was in the NHL from 57 through 78, father of the Dallas GM and St. Louis GM, Doug Armstrong, and uh, in 1,744 regular season game uh, that he officiated. Then he uh, scouted for... Uh, uh, for the pros for the Canadian and after he retired he was in the Hall of Fame in 91 the Hockey Hall of Fame and never missed a game he, uh, he I, I forget he had a, an injury in a game but he had, uh, had to leave a game but he never had to miss a whole game so died of uh, Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease then we have uh, Dennis Ralston 78 years old he died of cancer USC tennis player and that champions uh, uh, he played from 58 through 77 he singles record of 576 
251, 141 uh, tournaments. Yeah, five, uh, let's see, five in, uh, he was, his highest ranking was he was fifth in the world in 1966. Best Grand Slam was the semifinals in the Australian Open, quarterfinals in the, uh, in the French, and a finalist in Wimbledon. Uh, and the semifinals in the U.S. Open. He was, uh, let's see, he was a 60 uh, double champion in the French Open and 66 Wimbledon and uh, and the 66 uh, U.S. Open uh, champion, 61 through 63 in double. And Davis Cup for the U.S. team in 63 and 72. And he was captain of the U.S. Uh, Davis Cup team, 72 through 75. And the Tennessee Tennis Hall of Fame in 87. And, uh, and let's see, uh, and uh, the Texas Hall of Fame in 16. So apparently he was a Texan. Uh, let's see. We were talking earlier about Jim. McF- uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's the other list that I don't need. So let's go to the next people. We're almost done. We have um, Fred Akers. And Sean can tell us some stories about him as soon as I finish. 82 years old, Texas, a high school coach from 63 through 65. Texas offensive coordinator from 66 through 74, University of Texas. Then uh, Wyoming head coach from 75 and 76. Head back to Texas uh, in 77 through 86. And then... Uh, where did he go? Oh, Purdue, 87 through 90. And then his uh, coaching record was 108, 75, and 3. And in Texas, it was 86, 31, and 2. Uh, he was third in wins behind Daryl Royal and the Mac Brown. And uh, 2 and 8 in bowl games, however. He won the 78 uh, Sun Bowl and the 82 Cotton Bowl. And uh, and they they played in the finals in 77, the national championship, and in 83. And he won the Southwest Conference title in 77 and 83. And uh, let's see. And let's see. He uh, had Earl uh, Campbell as a Heisman Trophy winner in 77. And uh, he uh, had dementia. So uh, what was your story about uh, Fred Akers, uh, Sean? A couple other things. Like I said, yeah, that 77 team, they went 11-1. They lost the Cotton Bowl. And, of course, 83, that was January 2nd of 84, where they were in the Cotton Bowl. They were 11-0. All they had to do was beat Georgia. And there, there was, they were up nine to three. Guy fumbled a punt uh, and lost it. Georgia won ten to nine, and that was when Miami upset Nebraska and came in and won the championship that year in '84. But he had those two, and he was fired after a nine and two season at '86. That just wow. shows, say, like, hey, you didn't do. But he followed the legend, Daryl Royal. He followed the legend, Daryl Royal. Uh, a lot of people didn't really. A lot of people really were like, well, let's get the defense coordinator, Mike Campbell. But he came in, very nice guy, good speaker at clinics. My dad heard him speak at a couple clinics. I had, I had the pleasure of meeting him in 2008. And I go, you know, I talked to him. I said, my dad was a huge fan of yours. Uh, you know, he, I, and he said, oh, I said, yeah, he coached high school. And he asked who he coached under. I told him, I said, he coached. He goes, oh, well, then he knows how to make winners. He goes, yeah. He goes, see that quarterback coach under him? And it's like he kind of, once I said my name and who my dad coached under, he remembered who he was. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. He, cool. you know, he really, really friendly guy. He would, he would talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if we talk to you, I guess so, you know. <laughs> All right. Yep. So then we move on to Dick or Richie Allen. Uh, 78 years old. He uh, played in the majors from September 3rd, 1963 until June 19th of 77. Philadelphia from 63 through 69. St. Louis Cardinals in 70. Dodgers in 71. The White Sox, 72 through 74. Back with the Phillies in 75 and 76. And then uh, the uh, mausoleum that was the Oakland A's in 77. Um, He had 292. He had 1,868 hits. 351 homers and 1,119 RBIs. He was a six-time All-Star. 
uh, and and he was the MVP of the American League in '72 with the White Sox, and then the NL, NL Rookie of the Year in '64. That was a great. The two rookies of the year. The other one was Tony Oliva, who won the batting title in the American League with Minnesota. So two great rookies. Uh, let's see. And uh, he led the league in '72 in the American League in home runs and RBIs, and in '72 uh, in. Uh, Okay, 74 was the home run leader. He retired. His number 15 was retired by the uh, Phillies in, on the 3rd of uh, September of uh, 2020. Unfortunately, fans were not able to see that. He died of cancer. The two stories I had about Richie Allen or Dick Allen, uh, he uh, uh, said at one time when uh, he played at the uh, Astrodome, they asked him what he thought of it. And, of course, they were the artificial field, the first one. He said, I don't want to play on anything that a horse can't eat. So that was his line on that. And the other thing is uh, Kurt Flood. He was part of the Kurt Flood saga. When Kurt Flood, uh, at the end of the 68 season, the Phillies wanted to trade uh, Dick Allen to the uh, Cardinals for Kurt Flood. Kurt Flood didn't want to go to Philadelphia. So he then went to court, and he was able to uh, get his free agency and end up with the uh, Washington Senators. But uh, Dick Allen then held out. And uh, I guess he had some controversial, maybe not controversial, maybe just a forthcoming views on uh, race and in sports and so forth. Don't know as much about him on that. But I, I do know that, uh, you know, he was somewhat of a controversial figure uh, with that in, in regard to that. But I'm not really sure. We have two more to go. Roger Moret or Helio Moret, as we call them around here, called them both. Uh, he's 71 years old. He's from Puerto Rico. He uh, was in the majors from September 13, 1970, through the uh, end uh, ended on uh, in 616-78. He was with, with the Red Sox from 70-75, through 75, Atlanta in 76, Texas in 77 and 78. He had 82 starts of 168 appearances. He had 47 and 27, pretty good record. He didn't, you know, I always thought he should be starting. I always thought he should be in the starting rotation. He had uh, 3.66 ERA, 408 strikeouts, 12 saves. And he, and he did a complete game, one hitter, on August 21st of 1974 against the White Sox. And who was the guy that broke up the no-hitter in the seventh inning? Dick Allen. So that's pretty <laughs> strange. And also, I remember that day uh, that Tom Yawkey extended his contract, signed him to a bigger contract after that one hitter. So uh, mm-hmm. he made an impression on the, on the owner. And then he uh, pitched three games in the 75 World Series out of the bullpen, and he died of cancer. And uh, so that was Rogelio Moret. And that yeah, was, and the and the ironic thing, uh, they both Dick Allen and him died in the same week. That's you know quite interesting, Chris. That's yeah. right, it was okay. And the last one we have Peter Alice, eighty nine years old, twenty one tournaments. He won the uh, uh, British PGA in fifty seven and sixty two and sixty five. He was from England, fifty seven, sixty two, and sixty five. British PGA five top ten uh, in the British uh, Open, and then he had uh, eight. Ryder Cup teams between 53 through 69, and uh, and you know he uh, was on that team, and he was the lead BBC golf commentator from 78 on, and then ESPN and ABC from 75 through 2015, and he was the always on the British Open, an unexpected but a peaceful death, death, and he was the World World Golf Hall of Fame. He made that in 2012. So there you go. That was the story on him. So we had 11 people, but I think kind of an interesting group this week. Yes. And uh, one piece of news before we turn it over to Sean to wrap up. Des Bryant has been scratched from tonight's football game. He tweeted that he has tested positive for the virus. Sean, why don't you wrap it up? All right, well, we're going to go watch some basketball and some football and got to go pick up some dinner for my wife in a little bit. So just if you want to 
download the podcast. You can go to legendoldies.com, type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher, or you can tell your smart device to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts, or you can go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. That's for Sports Lounge Live. Of course, option eight is for All Things Radio, and option seven, the coffee club. Other great stuff on the other options, some Twin Spin Tuesdays, some classic country, some gospel, some old-time radio. Just check it all out. But anyway, we're going to be back next Tuesday. We'll, uh, hey, next Tuesday we'll be that much closer to playoff rankings and all playoff, uh, you know, conference championships. And we'll be right a week or so away from the NBA returning. So mm-hmm. come on back next week. See ya.